This is the Final Round Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast. Excited to have you along for the ride this evening. It's going to be a busy one. We've got a bunch of guests here in the studio. We're going to be uh, adjusting some things on the fly as we go. Uh, Jason has made the trip in for the evening. Excited to have Jason along, and that is not where you usually <laughs> sit, is it? <laughs> I said that's where I usually sit, right? Uh, but yeah, because we have a full house tonight, uh, that was uh, Chris Scarlata instead. So uh, I've given up the number two seat to uh, to Chris. He's going to be the co-host, and uh, I'll be a guest. How about Fantastic. that? Fantastic. So we'll we'll get that up and and going here as we as we go. So uh, your your days have been. Far calmer than usual. Not nearly as much travel. Not nearly as much going on. Yeah, no, it has been uh, it's been pretty simple uh, living, I guess, recently. Just with uh, between uh, you know really working from home and you know there's a lot of customers still that uh, just aren't uh, ready to see see salespeople yet. So you know, you're you're basically just doing uh, doing that. And obviously with the holidays, business slows down in general too. So just kind of hanging out and. Uh, Every once in a while, uh, stopping by Randy Jewell's shop just to see how uh, the Corvette uh, header project is going. And uh, um, I uh, got news uh, earlier this week that the headers were off. The old headers were off it. It's up on the lift, and some construction is taking place. So we're we're making some progress there. Uh, you want to uh, talk about the phone call that you just got? Uh, well, we, it wasn't that I just got it, but uh, <laughs> we, we certainly could. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're obviously trying to... You know, looking at put together a schedule for 2021, but it's kind of hard to do at this point. Uh, you know, obviously with COVID and its current situation, I mean, as you and I talked before that we went on the air here, if you would have told me back in March that, you know, in December we were still going to be doing this, I would have thought you were out of your mind. And, you know, here we are in December and um, I don't know what to do, quite frankly, with regards to a schedule. Uh, and yeah, uh, Marianne Matcham from Dragway 42 has called me and, uh, uh, you know, kind of looked to see what we can possibly do for 2021. And, and I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, um, you know, the biggest issue that I see is just with New York State's regulations, rules and regulations that, you know, when you travel out of state to come back into state and have to go and basically self-quarantine for, you know, 10 days or whatever the heck it is and you know get a covid test and do all the rest of these things it's like what drag what sportsman drag racer in their right mind is going to go you know travel to ohio for a weekend race uh ben's raising his hand uh, uh so yeah i mean you're going to get people that you know some people would go obviously but you're going to have some people that would basically say hey you know what i can't do it because if work finds out that i went they'd be uh, upset with me so you know here we are uh, um, yeah, so I'm not sure what we're going to do. I mean, it might be an empire. It might be an empire only 2021, uh, but I'm not ready to make a decision just yet. I mean, it's only December 10th, so we still have plenty of time before we're racing in 2021. But uh, I'm just hopeful that we start getting vaccinations uh, out there to take care of this, so that uh, we can all go back to leading normal racing lives. I guess. Sure. Well, you made reference to some of our guests, Chris Carlotta, joining us here in studio. Ben Height and Phil Scarlata joining us as well, and, and as Jason referenced, making the trip out to Piedmont to compete in the uh, the, the Big Dollar Bracket event to to I would assume cap 
2021. Who knows? There's some craziness that could still ensue. You're gonna oh, be yeah. y'all done after this, or you're gonna you're gonna go out one more time? This one we're done. Yeah. We're already torn down. Yeah, yeah we're Both already torn down, and uh, hopefully we'll be ready to get back together soon. So, how did the race go? Well, Jason, <laughs> I went down and got uh, my butt whooped for about three straight days, and uh, car worked phenomenal. Car came home one piece. We had a lot of hiccups with the motorhome. Hit a coyote. Oh, really? Uh, no. I got down there. The furnace went on me. So I woke up on Friday morning. It was about 35 <laughs> in the motorhome. Shower heat, shower work, though. We had hot water. So you went and stood in the hot shower to keep warm. Uh. Unfortunately, when you got out, it was pretty rough. Though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, nah, it was uh, racing-wise, I got beat up pretty good. And then uh, I tried to tuck uh, my buddy in uh, to drive in the car for the 20K event. I just... I had a bad day Friday. Head wasn't in it. You know what I mean? I tried to talk him into it. And yeah. Thanks. You know, I appreciate the offer, but I got my own car here. Yada, yada, yada. It's just the normal something Chris Carlotta would say. <laughs> and then I finally talked to him it Sunday. Hey, listen, we haven't put nothing together. Let's swap it. I drive yours. You drive mine. Yeah. And then started to roll a little bit. Chris got it. He was in the third round already. I was yet to go in second round. Uh, and then just it wouldn't stop raining on us. We had a couple of breaks where maybe we could have got him going, but no, no, no shot, no shot with Sunday. But either way, we ended the year, nothing broke. We did get home in one piece, missing a couple pieces, but it's all back. So what did they do? Uh, so it, it started raining on Sunday. Sunday in the middle of round two, it started raining. Then they started sending more cars down. Chris got through. And I was about two pairs out, and it just started monsooning. The skies just opened up, and we were no longer in uh, eliminations after that. They, they decided to chop, chop it up and send us on our way home. So you did go home with some money then. Uh, it wasn't... We, uh, salvaged, we salvaged about a, a quarter of what we went down with. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely stinks, especially if you're starting just to get into a roll, right? Uh, you want to try to yeah, keep that momentum going and, and see if you can turn that into something, especially after you, know, you potentially aren't doing all that great. Um, so, yeah, it definitely kind of stinks that that ends up happening. But at the same point in time, well, at least you got yourself a little bit of money. Uh, um, yeah, no, Sunday we definitely turned it around a bit. It's It really stinks that... And you did switch cars. We did. Yes. We switched cars, both uh, both our entries. I drove his for my two, and he drove mine for his two. And uh, we actually decided to put something together. And unfortunately, I think uh, my buddy here, Christopher, was going to be on a roll. He put on a pretty good performance in his three hits he took. So... It sucks we couldn't get it through, but, you know, yeah. the day that's racing, Mother Nature doesn't always cooperate with us. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, was it, would you just say for, in your particular case, that it was just uh, not having your head in the game, or? Uh, with all the stuff that happened, so I let my buddy, a uh, good buddy of mine, uh, Josh, borrow my Suburban to go <laughs> down. Yeah. Uh, he was going to rent a car and come see the race, and he had family that's about an hour from the racetrack. Okay. And, you know, he was having... Issues possibly affording the rental car to get down. Didn't trust any of his cars. I said, oh, my Suburban's perfect. Just, you know, rent it from me. Follow me down. If anything happens with the motorhome, I can put it on the trailer on the truck, and we can get to where we need to go. Yeah. Well, on his uh, excursion to his aunt's house, he uh, smoked my tranny. So <laughs> my Suburban is still in Carolina. Oh, and, uh, no. The uh, Fletcher's new residence down there. Okay. So we don't know when we're going to get it, but we're going to get it eventually we don't know how 
We're just going to do it. So you had a smoke transmission in the Suburban, no heat in the motorhome, hit a coyote in the motorhome. Lost the antenna on the motorhome. <laughs> <laughs> These were all separate uh, incidents? Well, obviously the, the Suburban incident was separate, but uh, we don't think that the hitting the coyote didn't make the antenna fly off or didn't take out the furnace or... I, no. no, I... No. Man, I've Coyote got no idea. Coyote was on the way home, right? Yeah. So was the antenna. <laughs> uh, I, I no explanation for it, man. There's bad. There's bad weekends, and there's that weekend like that. So, it, it was a good time, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> we did. It, we did actually have fun. The weather was we gorgeous yes, for the um, most part until Sunday. Yeah. Record-breaking car count. Oh, really? Almost 500 the first Friday. It was almost 500. Wow. 5:30 something, I think, on Saturday. No buybacks, no re-entries all three days. I like that. You know, no that re-entries. was the biggest door car race in history, I do believe. All door cars. Now, who put that race on? That's Michael Beard. It was one of Michael Beard's races. Yep. Okay, they just dropped their new event, which we got excited mm-hmm. about for a couple minutes earlier today. <laughs> uh, for their new St. Patrick's Day Classic, which is going to be at Galat Motorsports Park. Okay, well, I mean, what a dream racetrack that place looks like. I've never personally been there. Haven't yet. Uh, and then we found out the entry fee for the week was about twenty nine hundred, and said, "Yeah, unless we unless we win a free entry in a raffle or something, I don't yeah. think we're going to hit that one." So, what are they doing? What is that particular race? Is that uh, five hundred thousand to win or something crazy? What uh, are they doing? They have so was it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Okay, three fifty k's, and then Saturday I believe is three hundred k. So that's a two thousand dollar entry fee for just that race. Yeah, yeah. I would say, uh, I don't know who the heck it was we talked to, but for the million, I I guess it doesn't surprise me that a lot of the guys do when they go down for that race is that they don't enter the million race. They enter the 50K, 100K races. And if they win one of those, then all right, we're going to parlay those winnings into an entry for the million. But otherwise, I'm just a spectator for the million race. And uh, I can understand why, because, yeah, quite frankly, I mean, you talk about those kind of entries for uh, working stiff like me, it's too rich for my blood. I can't I can't justify it. I couldn't fathom spending two thousand dollars in a day. Just you know what I mean? If I had it like that, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's it's really hard and you know, unfortunately with drag racing, not to say if you go to one of those events you have to be willing to throw money at the at the race, right? And and buy back every single round. Um and you know, but you know, I mean, not only if you don't have your head in it, but, I mean, who knows you're going to go up there and some stupid $5 piece is going to break on you, and, uh, yeah, there goes your $2,000 entry because of something really stupid. And uh, that's always been my biggest concern, not that I can't necessarily hang with the big boys, which I probably can't, but uh, uh, just that something would let me down. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, my, I have to say, I think my wife would be pretty understanding, but uh, I don't think I'd want to make a habit of uh, blowing $2,000 entries left and right. Yeah, for sure. Some 700 on the weekend? Sure. Sure. Yeah. For yeah. three shots at, I mean, whatever the purse may be. So what, Piedmont was 740 to double the whole weekend. I did shot at 10, 20, 10. I mean, so you have six total opportunities. Right. At 10, 20, then 10. For $740, it's fathomable. You, yep. You have sh- six shots. $2,000 on one hit. <laughs> I mean, that's $2,000. You could get two hits down that racetrack and you're done. Well, and I get it, too, because you are talking about, you know, really life-changing money. If you were Absolutely. to be able to put together 12 rounds in a row of great great passes. Uh, so, yeah, it is life-changing money. But uh, I, for me, 
Yeah, I can only do uh, life-changing money a dollar at a time at the local convenience store, you know. Uh, and, and I, yeah, your odds are obviously better. Um, you know, you go to one of those races. I don't know. What do they have for a number of entries for, I mean, let's say 500 people. Um, so if your chances really are as good as, as you know, 1 in 500, all right, 2,000 bucks, you have a 1 in 500 chance of winning 500 grand. It's a much better chance than playing the lottery. But Absolutely. Um, it is 500 hitters that are there. Yeah, hitters, um, right. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just our last go. And if you're not 15 total or better, oh. man, you're not even Jim. <laughs> yeah. You're not. It's, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You, you let go 20, you're behind. Right. And you, any any given day at, at, you know, Empire Dragway or, you know, a local racetrack around here where there's talent in every corner where mm-hmm. we race, for sure. 20, you can slide through. 20, it's starting to get rough at Empire. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. You're 20 <laughs> and super pro. I mean, you're, you're, you, you might be behind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's no doubt. Absolutely. So now this was a this was a door car only race. Yes. yes. Okay. I was going to ask uh, Chris what car you were driving, but obviously if it was a door car only race, you were driving the door car. Yep. I took the Firebird. Yep. So the deal was, um, Dad and I got in it together. Yeah. Paid for an entry. I paid for an entry. Okay. And then he said, "Just drive the car, and uh, let's take our chances in it." And like Ben said, the first two days, Jason were. Rough I for mean, you too. Oh yeah, oh, I, okay. I was okay. The car was all over the place because it's really not set up for that. Yeah, you know, it's set up to nitrous race. Right. So I was just going to ask, do they allow nitrous at those races? Yeah. yeah. Um, which we had talked about, and I said I didn't want to beat it up. Yes, we had planned on it, but looking back on it, um, <laughs> I wish I would have. <laughs> I wish I would have, because I mean, it creates its own atmosphere at that point. Yeah. So it's going to maintain itself more consistent. Oh, yeah. And, um, man, looking back on it. But, like Ben said, Ben came to us Friday, or Saturday night, and he's like, let's just switch. And Dad and I look at each other, and we're like, yeah. Can't, let's, can't let's hurt at it. this point. Can't, right. <laughs> so Ben had seat time in the car. Um, oh, you've driven the Firebird before. Ben. I got yep. to drive the Firebird at uh, Sierra's Twin 75 Hondos. Oh, okay. Year. Yes. All right. Yep. Um, so he had seat time in the car, and I said, get in it. Put your numbers in it, and they gave me a new time hit um, Sunday morning in Ben's car. Oh, okay. And, you know, the last time I had sat in it was the year before, you know, so I hadn't raced it all year. Yep. And um, the car was phenomenal. Ben's car is phenomenal. I mean, would we? Would it move in four runs, 4,000? 4, 4,000. Wow. I mean, just yeah. if you, if the car was not going to let you down. Yeah. You, you were going to let yourself. Yep. So like Ben said, we finally got rolling, and then, of course, it rains. So we were looking to do something, but what are you going to do, you know? So, but, yeah, it was a good time. Overall, it was a good time. Nothing, you know, motors didn't blow up, our cars didn't break, so. You didn't hit any coyotes? I, Dad and I, fortunately, <laughs> made it home safely, so um, no broken pieces on our end. Now, Ben, did you come right home, or because of the Suburban, did you... Have to deal with that and like well, take so that yeah, over. Yeah, we had to finagle with a couple things. Um, I got stuck waiting there. Uh, Uncle Phil and Christopher rode out, so I collected all our purse money. And my buddy, who had my truck, had to go pick up a rental car. So uh, his cousin came to pick him up from the racetrack and forgot his wallet conveniently. So they had to go back to his house, then back to get the rental car. So I was at the racetrack till about midnight. 
Are you guys still uh, friends? <laughs> yeah, he's a good kid. It's hard to hate him. It's hard to hate him. I definitely uh, took a couple days before I said a word to him. But, you know, whatever. And I had to wait there, you know, with his wife and kids. Yeah. It was raining out. What kind of man would I be if I left uh, right, a lady right. with her kids out in a rainstorm? So yeah. Two beautiful little girls. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. Good, great kids. Great kids. Yeah. Uh, his wife is very nice. You know what I mean? I, I really don't have any complaints other than... He's coming with me for that 12-hour <laughs> Um Yeah, no, all in all, great time. Good people, always a great time. Just We had bad luck in the wrong places that weekend, so it hurt. But. So where did you hit the coyote? About four minutes from my house. Really? I didn't see him come out of the ditch, and I it's just that surprising noise that you never want to hear. I thought I hit like a pallet in the uh-huh. road or something, so I pulled over just to check all the tires on it. And just blood, guts, oh my goodness, Jason, this, my trailer was annihilated. The front of my trailer was absolutely... Is that what you hit him with, was the trailer? No, I caught it on the front corner of the motorhome, and the motorhome chewed it up, chewed it up, and threw it Uh. onto my trailer. So, (laughs) unhooking the trailer from the motorhome was an experience. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the power washing, thanks, Dad, uh, (laughs) was pretty rough, and then I took the motorhome out. Uh, what a week later to get it or to go dump you know the septic tank in yeah. it and it smells man Ooh, wow. it's bad it's rough so that's up at the uh, repair shop now I wonder if uh, you know I hit a deer with uh, my motorhome now I got lucky I it there was a few of them a couple of them made it across and the last one didn't and motorhome hit right in the head right at the front and basically killed it instantly um but, you know, you see deer, I mean, obviously a tractor trailer, uh, you know, hits it straight on. I mean, it does some pretty nasty damage to it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder, actually, you know, was the coyote potentially from, you know, from what you're telling me, it sounds like that uh, coyotes aren't necessarily built as sturdy maybe as a deer might have oh, been. Oh, no, that coyote uh, felt absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, that coyote felt nothing. I I got it good. I got it good. I, you know, I called to get a police report and cop shows up where is it? Well, Half a mile back then. Well, why did it take you so long to stop? Well, sir, I have, what, 72 foot of rig that I'm not necessarily going to swing out of the way for it. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. kind of a, a loss at this point. If I hit it, I hit it. You know, it's, unfortunately, stuff like that happens. But you win some, you lose some. That's why we go drag racing. Now, how much uh, how much damage to the rig was there? Uh, the headlight brackets are gone. The front corner the fiberglass is all chewed up the door's a little bent the step doesn't come out the generator doesn't turn on <laughs> she's uh she's seen better days well mostly cosmetic uh, the generator is the one thing that obviously you're going to have to get uh, I'm, well, I'm guessing it's probably the start button the wiring for the start starter or something like that no uh, no idea still to this point i don't care i they, uh, i don't i don't even care that my truck's in carolina at this point still i <laughs> Yeah, we're still... <laughs> we'll worry about it in the spring? Yeah. No, we're going to worry about it in about a week. I think I'm going to go down in about a week and get it. As Tim goes back down to his house in Carolina, I'll ride down there, hang out with him for the weekend, and dolly at home or something. So yeah, last time we talked to you, you were actually on the phone at uh, rehearsal, I think. Rehearsal for, dinner. For Tim's wedding, yes, right? Yes. Uh, so we certainly appreciated you coming on, but uh, yeah, it was funny just that we were talking about that uh, before you guys got here. I was like, hey, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I apologize about that again. You know, I tried as best I could, and I was getting summoned. And I was down at the end of his driveway, 
talking to you guys to get away from the noise and everything and someone came running down what are you doing i'm like i'm on the phone i'm on the phone i really need you i'm like oh jason sorry man i gotta fly that was a a big thing to me tim's been a good buddy of mine for uh pretty much well shoot 20 years ish you know me and tim will go to the grave together uh he's a good kid what a great wedding beautiful bride deanna uh it was it was pretty fun to be a part of that you know what i mean I was surprised to see. I I honestly thought that uh, because Deanna's family is from around here, right? Yep. Uh, so I was surprised to see that. Uh, so Timothy's moving down there with his dad. Yep. Well, so what they did was mom and dad. I mean, well, they hmm. bought a plot of land. Right. Right. Um. So I I forget the exact amount of land that they have, but Mr. Fletcher sold I think an acre and a half to Timothy. Mm-hmm. And he is building his own house on the same plot of land, you know. Yeah. Their shop down there is, uh, it's out of this world. It's unbelievable. It's, and the, their whole plot of land, I mean, their driveway is probably 200 foot off the road. Yeah. You got to go through a little section of woods and then it opens up into a nice concrete driveway. No one in sight. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, but 10 minutes from everything you'd ever need. So they did really well. They did really, really well. It's, it's awesome. I, I'm going to miss them a lot, but. Hopefully I'll be there soon. Well, I would say nice thing is that uh, probably have a spot that you're going to be able to oh. keep race car oh, stuff if we, you we need to, right? Uh, yep. um, so yeah, Suburban's there now, but I, yep. you could definitely see, uh, yeah, next year it's like, hey, you know what? Why don't we come down for the race in Piedmont and then at that point leave the rig there for no, the winter and you know go back down in you know February or something, grab the rig and go down to Florida and do the races in Florida. He already threw that out. Why don't you leave it here and come back down, you know, early, early spring. If I didn't want to pull everything out and freshen it up, you know, I'd shoot. I'd probably put 400 laps on the racetrack this year mm. with that car. And, not, I mean, some quarter mile, some eighth mile. I mean, there was a weekend I was tripled at Empire Dragway. Right, right. Just that car is taking a beating and a beating and a beating, <laughs> and it just keeps doing it. So before we have anything catastrophic, it's in the best interest to – just assess everything, and yeah, we'll go from there. And you're just gonna freshen the motor? Is that all you're gonna do? Um, well, probably tranny too. I'm we, guessing. Uh, me and uh, me and my buddy, uh, the chemist over here, we've got a couple plans up our sleeves. Uh, but yeah, we'll get the motor assessed, make sure it's all good to go. You know what needs to be done will be done. What doesn't need to be done, and we'll go. We'll leave it at that. He's gonna. Well, these two will do the transmit the transmixer for me. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they everything in there works. You know what I mean? So. We definitely like to keep the setup as close as possible to it, but that car has just been unbelievable since last year when we put that setup in there. And I mean, there's no tuning at all. Generally, you'd see someone have to massage a carburetor or anything, and we put it on it, and it just boom, boom, boom. Everywhere I go, it's within a couple thou here or there. Yeah. You, that that's never. I would have paid you two years ago to let me race my car the way it's in. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I still can't believe that I'm sitting in it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's nice to have a piece like that when uh, when it's working right. You know, you can get in it. You know what? You know it's going to run. Uh, you know, let's even call it uh, not even to a couple of thousands, but if you get to the point where you're within a hundredth of where you think you're going to be, I mean, that's a that's a good piece to be sitting in. It's uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, compared to the you know, I will say some of the stuff that I've driven recently, and uh, it's like, yeah, okay, well, we're plus or minus five hundred, so we'll we'll see where we're at. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dial up two more. <laughs> that's a the funny part about that whole setup jason i mean we took you know the story from last year we threw everything together right carl built a converter for us we had 
the motor that Ben got on a whole trade deal. Mm -hmm. Did a training for it. Um, we went to leave the night before and the carburetor was screwed up. We had a carburetor off um, the Mustang that Randy and I and Dad have together. Yep. And I took my carburetor off the Firebird and said, forget it. Let's just put this on. We're going to go down and see what happens. So the car didn't miss a beat then. We called Patrick James of Pro Systems, mm -hmm. had him duplicate the carburetor. Okay. And Ben threw it on, and I don't have you really touched it. I haven't changed a jet. I haven't changed a wow. float. The only thing that went on, what I have, I had to do an accelerator pump. I got, I left, I was, I left uh, my rig down in uh, Beaver Springs, Pennsylvania, for a couple weeks. Um, just well, New York State was still completely shut down mm -hmm. um, with this COVID deal, and I left it down at uh, John D. Bartholomeo's house. He's got a nice plot, you know. He's a drag racer himself. And stuff like that. Left my rig down there and stole Christina's car to come back home. Okay. And just drive to work for the week and then drove back down for the weekend. And uh, I got there and pulled the hood off and I had, well, it was like I had some with the blue top lube for the alcohol and I oh, noticed yeah. it yeah. running down the intakes. Only thing I've had to touch is one accelerator pump on that, on that setup. I haven't changed a jet. I haven't added tranny fluid. I had nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's unbelievable. The only thing that I had to do tires, I did have to do tires. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as the carburetor stuff, like, it was funny. Years ago, you know, Dad Dad will tell you, he always ran gas. I'm not switching. I'm not switching. So we talked about it for years. Nope, not doing it. Not doing it. Okay. So we kept going and going, and I finally bought my own dragster. It was, like, 2008 or nine. And you you stuck your tongue out of your dad, and it's like I'm doing alcohol <laughs> yeah. whether you want yeah. you want to so or not. He helped me, him, uh, Matt Schaff, all those guys helped me with the motor that year. Dad mostly, and uh, we made a bunch of changes on it. And I said I'm switching it. We were going to um, put it on Q16 race mm -hmm. fuel. Yeah. And we talked about the cost. We wanted to go. My ideal thing was I wanted to go top dragster racing, so we we're going to put a nitrous, okay. nitrous setup in it with yep. Q16. Somebody said, why don't you just put it on alcohol? And I looked at Dad, and he's like, mm. I said, I'm doing it. So I got a number from Pat Budd and Randy, and it was Patrick James. Okay. And they had dealt with him years ago. Uh -huh. And Randy's like, call him, call him. So I uh, picked up the phone, and honestly, Jason, I wouldn't look back. I mean, the first carburetor he did for us to right now, I mean, phenomenal. So I picked up. Just from gas to alcohol, with the motor combination changed, we picked up three tons. Wow. And which is, I mean, the gas carburetor on the car wasn't the best anyways. Okay. But um, I wouldn't look back. And Dale will <laughs> tell you now, he will not look back. <laughs> yeah. So so um, what, what size motor is that? Or was that at the time that you picked up three tons? So that's a five, it's the same motor still. It's okay. a 540. Okay. So, and what carburetor was on was it a dominator? It had a gas dominator on it. Um, it was old. We bought the car. The guy that, long story short, the guy that owned the car, the car was a 96, still is a 96. Um, we bought it in 08. It had 100 runs, 150 runs on the car. Okay. Um, all he did was NHRA super comp race it in the winter. That's all he did. Oh. So he was a Pennsylvania electrician for the state. Yep. So he got the winners off. Uh, he would go down south, go down south and race, race as okay. much yep. as he could, and then he'd come home and it'd, it'd sit. So um, we bought it. It went seven ninety nine. 
and I switched a bunch of stuff. We put it on all call. We changed a bunch, and it went. Uh, I went seven sixty two in it in Maryland. Wow! And uh, that's really it. Made us believe. In and that was that was let's call it carburetor and alcohol. You didn't change the converter, or um, we didn't change the converter. We did change some motor stuff. The motor was kind of tired. Um, Dad ended up doing a bunch of machine work, angle milled the heads, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, freshened it all up. But no converter training was the same. We took the car. The car was a solid car. We four linked it, um, and that was it. Well, I would say, I mean, obviously, you know, putting the four link in the car is not really going to make it quicker. No, it's going to make it more consistent, but not right. not quicker. So, right um, now, so I'm assuming that being that your car is on alcohol, I'm assuming Ben that your car is on alcohol as well. Yes, it's actually funny because I was very impartial to race gas. I loved it. The smell of it, all about it. Anything anything to do with race gas, I loved it. And even when they so when I fell into this trade deal with Randy, I had a broken three fifty five, had a bad timing chain, let loose on me in, in a TMP, about a thousand foot cone. That was pretty wild. Um <laughs> And then I ended up buying, well, Randy, Randy Jewell actually helped me get into this motor from Tommy Calabrese. It was like his tune motor. He, okay. he tuned his carburetors with it. Yeah. So I had about 60 runs down the racetrack. We put ourselves into it, I think, for like 4200 bucks, mm-hmm. and Randy paid for half of it. You know what I mean? He told me, my name's on your car. You need to go down the racetrack. Okay, so whatever. And I was working the money off with him, and they bought that 427, that 18-degree motor from Billy Ryan. That, what did that make? That made like 800 750 Yeah, or yep. something like that. And then Mark Blivens had the 427 that I have now built down in, at Damon's Racing Engines, and he just didn't make enough smoke to go 550 for what he wanted to do. Okay. So he traded with Randy plus a little cash, I believe, Randy's way, and Randy said, look, you give me those two 355s, I got this 427 with you. And I look, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I, I, I don't think I could ever say no to that. I'd be dumb to say no to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, you get exactly what you want, and I can make some money. Okay. And so they, they had the alcohol carburetor off of Kaplan's car, yeah. the, the orange Mustang, that was kind of screwing up at the end of the year. That last race that year, Randy had it out for that unfinished business race at Lancaster, I believe, where he did beat me in your car. <laughs> yeah. About the only guy that was going to beat me that day was him, of yeah. course, in that in Christopher's car. And uh, I, I remember it was running over, running over, running over, and that's what it was doing there. And they just, you got to go to alcohol. You gotta, I'm like, no, no, I'll buy a gas car. No. And we put the alcohol carburetor on it, and I will never look back. Yeah. Never. Not so now, did you see any type? I mean, I'm sure most people I've heard that have switched to alcohol have seen a performance gain. Have you? Did you see that exact, that same type of performance gain that Chris saw? Well, my thing was I went from a, a junkyard deuce 355 to yeah. a pretty stout 427. So I've at saw the same about, time I saw about a full second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 A full second and a car that could not handle it. So without an anti-roll bar, yeah. the anti-roll bar did make a world of difference with that car. But yeah, no, with the way that thing is tuned in, you know what I mean? I just, there's no reason. There's no reason to look back. That he never run into a problem getting it too hot. You know what I mean? I remember I'd always with the race gas, I'd have the fans and the water pump running in the lanes trying to get this thing cooled off. 
alcohol, you definitely don't have that problem. Yeah. If anything, I shut the water pump off mm-hmm. to get her hot. But no, it's... Yeah, that's the one. I mean, I would say that's the, to me, well, I mean, not the one advantage, but that's the huge advantage that I see uh, is the fact that you don't have to worry about the heat issue like you do with the racing gas. Um, obviously, I mean, even though you use twice as much, we'll say, on average alcohol compared to racing gas, I mean, it's still cheaper for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a nice little benefit. Uh, now, if you can say that you're going to pick up power, which is obviously yeah. every racer wants more power. So even if you only got a tenth, I mean, to, to go and say, all right, well, I want to you know gain a tenth just the uh, the normally aspirated way, and uh, you know put some extra money into my motor uh, to do it. Once you're to the point of performance that we're generally all at, to gain a tenth, you're going to put a bunch of money in your motor to do that for the most part. Um, so to do something, I mean, it really does seem like benefit, benefit, benefit. But I will say that I've also heard guys that have said, you know what. I've went to alcohol before and I'm not going back. I'm never doing that again. I went back to racing gas and I'm never doing alcohol again. Uh, and I'm sure that's why Phil, you know, basically had the, uh, you know, the opinion that he did prior to going to alcohol, right? Because he probably heard all the same horror stories from the same people that I did. I believe those are the people that don't like maintenance. It does take a little bit more maintenance. Yeah. Another oil change here and there. Yep. You know what I mean? But. You know, just like at the end of the weekend, you know, make sure the carburetor's empty, douse it down with WD-40, mm-hmm. make sure everything's lubricated up. Just, I mean, learned it from them. I had no idea about this stuff before they put it on my car, but now I, it's a little bit more maintenance, right? It's but bit. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not really not the end of the world. I mean, you can ask Dad. I mean, Dad raced on, Dad, what'd you race on gas for, 10 years? Yeah. You know what I mean? Old school. Yeah. Old school. I mean, you right. back in our day, right? right. Yeah, you, you can know? ask Dad now, though. I mean, I think we took his dragster. We took his dragster when we first got it together, Jason. When so, Dad and I built that dragster with Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, we whipped the old gas carburetor out of the box that had been sitting for fifteen years. Yeah, probably. Whipped it out, and the thing comes out and goes. I think. It was a solid car, real light, same big block he had in his Nova, mm-hmm. and it went like 805 or 806. Yep. And uh, we laughed, and race gas was starting to get expensive at that point. That was like 03, 04, 05. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was $10, $12 a gallon. Right. And Unbelievable. So I made the switch. Dad was still on gas. I made the switch, and he made the switch, so I went straight to a... Um, SV1 on my car, which okay. is that yep. big single ventry. Yeah. Yep. Dad made the switch from a gas dominator to an alcohol dominator because okay. he had the throt- the four hole throttle stop. Yep. And so on. Um, and what'd you see, Dad? I mean, you saw a tenth, right? Tenth Probably and a half. tenth. Yeah, I mean, it was a tenth. We had we had a old Holly uh, 1050 gas dominator. Mm-hmm. It was out of the box from 1993. 1994? Mid-90s. Mid-90s. <laughs> Come to find out, it was one of those carburetors that was crazy power. Mike Janis had, um, you know, Fast Freddy. Yep. Freddy had a motor. We So we sold a gas carburetor. Yep. Freddy had a motor at Mike Janis's. Um, made a pull on it. It made, you know, Freddy, of course, made over a 1,000 horsepower. Right, right. Freddy said, I got another carburetor. Let's put it on. Puts it on. It makes 80 horsepower less. And Mike's like, yeah, no, that's not right. Here, I got a house carburetor. Let's put that on. It made 10 horsepower over Freddy's 
second carburetor. Okay. So he bolted the old nine mid nineties Holly back on it. Yep. Made another seventy horsepower. Wow. Come to find out it was one of those carburetors. Yep. So but still, I think Dad went from a good gas carburetor to a good alcohol carburetor. Right. Where right. I went from a bad gas carburetor <laughs> to a good alcohol carburetor. So um I mean it was especially now just with the cost of things. For me it's the cost. I mean, a, a drum of alcohol at Empire is $40 what a hundred and forty bucks. Hundred and forty bucks. Hundred and forty bucks. Wow! You can't buy ten gallons of C twelve for that. Right. No, I mean the last fifty-five gallons to ten gallons for the exact same price. Yeah, the, I would say the right. last time, the last five-gallon pail of fuel that I bought at Empire, and I'm going to say it was C fourteen, ninety bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it's a, the cost first of all. Um, the You're, weather too. You can't you can't no. beat that alcohol with weather. No, I, I mean now I learned from the Fletchers all the years growing up watching Mister Fletcher race the formula for gas a gas carbureted car. You know what I mean? Just it's a hundredth this way with the te- with five degrees of temperature with seven degrees of humidity. It's this way. You know, the, the only thing that I see that ever affects my alcohol is the density altitude. It's, mm. a, it's a DA. That's the only variable you really have to watch is the DA. Yeah, if it's 90 or 35 degrees outside, the car's going to 630. That's it. <laughs> Yours, your car is an extreme. I mean, no, it defies odds. It defies odds. It's really, I really, really didn't want to pull it out. Yeah. It's just because it, it is that lights out, and you may never, ever see a piece that works like that ever again. I still almost want to put it back in. It's all sitting on the shop floor right now. But... <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I have so many laps on it, I had to, you know what I mean? Before something catastrophic happens, if we can get away with lifters and valve springs. Right. Yeah. Thank you. We'll just put the same ones in, give me the exact part numbers, and we'll be on our way. But, no, the, with just the chasing with weather, it really, it doesn't matter. Now, I mean, it used to be in the old days, um, and Phil's going to know what I'm talking about. You guys might not because you're not old enough. But in the old days, it was like, okay, if you want to run alcohol. Now, I know you obviously need, you need a higher volume fuel pump um, to be able to run alcohol. But it used to be you had to relocate the fuel cell. If you had it in the back of the car, you had to put that in the front of the car as well. Um, is that still the case? Not at all, Jason. I mean, now, I mean, both our cars... Actually, Dad's truck was. Dad sold his truck. But anyways, all our cars, Dad started in the front. We moved it to the back. Both our cars, the fuel cells are in the back. Mm-hmm. We use electric pump. Um, what's your car got in it for fuel line? I don't even know. Uh, what did I got? 10 Eight? Line? Is it 10? Ten? Ten I got 10 so, line to the regulator. Mm-hmm. Ten, yep, 10 from the cell to the regulator, which is what mine is. And then it's from the regulator to the carburetor instead of sixes, it's eights. Mm-hmm. And then we just run, um, actually all of us, dad runs Magna Fuel, he likes Magna Fuel, and then... Well, I got an air motive in there now. You got an air, you were... I, was, I did Magna have a Magna Fuel, and I did have a Magna Fuel, uh-huh. and we did find out that pump the pump pressure does matter. Mm-hmm. So what, we went from my Magna Fuel, it had 28 PSI bypass pressure through the return, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And this one has, it's adjustable, I just have yet to adjust it. I let Thomas Fletcher borrow the car to go to that 100K, the uh, spring fling deal. Yep. And sure enough, as soon as I let it out of my hands, something goes wrong. <laughs> so um, Thomas had a spare fuel pump down there, and it was an aeromotive. I do believe, though, just how Mr. Fletcher is, he's big on his gas. He will not go to alcohol. He will not. Um, I think it has 18 
PSI of bypass pressure through the return did slow the car up a tenth with 10 pounds oh, of pressure. Oh, okay. So, yeah. No, it's something that's adjustable, but when I got it back, it still just ran like a stopwatch. So, yeah. why? And it's consistent, touch it. right? It's like, touch it. right, right. Actually, right. you're lucky because it put the car to 640. You guys could have been even more screwed if it was doing that early in the year. Instead of 280 pounds, all it was was a little fuel pump switch. Yeah, no. I mean, not even the case anymore. There's so much technology out there now. So A2, I run A2000. That's what's in Ben's car now. Dad runs the big Magnafuel 500. Mm-hmm. And selling the back to the front, no problem. We moved We moved myself from the front to the back, trying to shift a little weight back. Okay. Yep. Um, trying to get a little weight off the front. Trying to plant the tire a little bit more in the truck to go 470. Yep. yep. Um, we did find out it taxes the pump going that fast. I mean, we were spraying up 500. Yep. To go that fast, so uh, fuel pump lasted like two years and needed a freshen. Um, we were chasing some issues with it and figured it out that the pump was wore out. So it it just it taxes a little bit more. But yeah, I had uh, tens going ten line going all the way forward. So, but putting that much volume of fuel through it, sure, you know, it's it's taxing and, and going a little faster, you know, than yeah. these guys are. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got um, basically another motor in there, cubic <laughs> inch wise compared to us. So I say, what what motor did the truck have in it? Go ahead, Dad. Five eighty two. Okay. Yep. Um, and same deal. Running on alcohol. Patrick built me a brand new SV one for it. Yep. Um. And then a separate fuel system for nitrous, which is the way Christopher goes. Same thing. Yeah. So our... Two our, fuel systems. I think I remember talking to you about yeah. this, Chris, when yeah. you were on the show last time. So explain this again. Yep. So it's a dual fuel system. Yeah. So like what I've got, and actually all both, all three of our cars are set up very similar. Yep. Um, the dragster is a little different because we don't use nitrous, but... Um, the Firebird and the truck were set up identical. So you've got your alcohol system for the carburetor. Yep. And then the nitrous side of the system runs a auxiliary fuel container. We run just a Holly blue pump with a Holly regulator, just okay. a chrome regulator, yep. to the nitrous solenoids. So the nitrous side of the fuel, or the fuel side of the nitrous system. So when the nitrous becomes active, you're still, the motor's on alcohol. Yep. And then when we spray the nitrous, the fuel enriches that, the race gas. So we run like C16 in the separate fuel system. So alcohol, uh, cold, and then you got the gas and the nitrous on top of that. I mean, it, it does make more power that way. So, and actually, the alcohol gives you a bigger tuning window because um, it's so cold. Okay. So you can actually get after it a little bit harder with timing and... Um, your nitrous tune-up because you have that little that cushion yeah like it's not gas gas and nitrous where it's hot right right um i mean dad we spray dads with 500 pretty regularly well pretty much every race you had to do it we had to um, <laughs> it did it literally jason it was the truck was heavy enough and the truck was small cubic inch wise yeah for the class sure sure we literally had to spray it with everything that we could give it to go for seven yeah, but how many races did he win that year? How many? I don't know. That thing won a bunch. All but one? Three. Right. Three. Three races. Three wow. races. Um, 
Christopher drove it one, and yeah. uh, it went Talk under. First time the truck's been in his 60s was when he drove it. Uh-huh. It's always faster in mine, too. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I went red one mad. race, one oh, three, God. and then one we were we were still struggling in the beginning on it. Yeah. Getting it, getting it to try and go 470. But, yeah, we were leaving 80%. In half a second, it's all in. Yeah. So, which was great. We just limp it and uh, limp it soft off the beginning. We had uh, changed the gear ratio in the transmission by the mid by the mid-season, we had changed that, and that softened enough, enough of it at the hit, and then we just pour it to it on the other end. So everybody else is going 146 to 148, and the truck was going 150, yeah. which was kind of neat. You know, you're always chasing. You're yeah. always seeing the car yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Um, and won a couple races because of it. I mean, poor Kev Macha, he was on the losing end twice with me with that. I'm behind him, but I'm right next to him. But right. he, you know, he doesn't know it. Right, right, right. You know, and he bails at the last second. I just, just lucky <laughs> enough to walk, lights, right. just lucky enough to walk away. You know, but the truck, truck was fun. I would say, but you sold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was very surprised when I saw it with a for sale sign at the track. Yeah, I mean, really surprised. Um, so yeah, what what brought all that on? Well, we talked about it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Truck was truck was mint, and I loved it. But uh, cars down there for the 470 deal, they were it was always light. You know, eight ten cars. That was about it. Right. Uh, we went down the beginning of this year before everything hit the fan. Yep. Uh, we went down to Morrisville and did a 470 show down there. There was 24 cars, I believe, down there, and they said that was light. Um, 24. Yeah, I remember they 24. said something, there was another 470 race. Or they yeah. do like 450. Yeah. They do like 420, 450, 470 down there, and there was another was, race sitting on top of that one. I was, was talking with one guy down there, yeah, and he said that. He said there was a four, 450, 470, a 440, and a 490 race all mm. going on within two hours away. Okay. He goes, so we were a little light. And, um, yeah, I mean, it down south it's great. So, um we decided that rather than keep it, and I didn't really want to bracket race it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just didn't want to put the number of passes on a bracket race in it. Right. Figure move it, um, give it to somebody, sell it to somebody who's going to use it for yeah. what it's worth. Yep. Uh, really needs a 632 on up in it to go fast. Right. And uh, build something else. Build something a little more versatile like what, what Ben and Christopher are doing. You know, um, maybe a little... 550 like Christopher, bracket race a little bit, go back a little bit, backwards a little bit. Yep. But race a little more, have a little fun. My wife and I, we always talk about it and laugh about it. And we got out to the track one day. So we we're spraying it, just bracket racing it. Spray with 200. We can go 490s with it. Um, Jerry has you now going from the hot pits all the way around down the return road. Right. To come in the, you know, so you don't get. Uh, clogged up in the lanes right. trying to turn yep. around yep. so we were pushing the truck with the golf cart and uh, Randy was down there Randy goes to my wife he goes Kath come on you could have pushed the truck she looks at him and goes nope she goes you are <laughs> and just a little bit more work that she didn't want to do and really I didn't want to do either Right. You know, bracket racing it spraying it was actually more consistent like what Christopher wants to do it was so but it was, it was time to move it you know it's still in great shape it was perfect time. Uh, had a couple good hits on it, and we ended up uh, selling it to a couple guys down in uh, Virginia. 
who are going to grudge race it. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I would say it, uh, I mean, honestly, it wasn't, I mean, and it doesn't surprise me. It wasn't for sale long. Um, I mean, I don't know how long it was total, but I mean, it was a it was a nice piece. I mean, you guys did a really really nice job putting that that truck together, and uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it sold as quick as it did. Uh, but uh, um, so I mean, now what? Uh, I guess now going forward, what are the plans? Uh, I bought a Nova, um, and like I said, uh, Randy's on board. Hopefully, gets in a shop in the beginning of the year. Uh, we'll do just a small tire on it, like a. 295105. Uh, put the 582 in it. Okay. <laughs> and, and hopefully have a little fun. We'll see how consistent it is. You know, try to run 550. My plan is try to get it to run 550 as close as I can on motor. It probably won't do it. It'll still be a little heavy. Someone's got to beat this kid. So I would say, uh, will the plan at that point be to run in Randy's series and run it in the 570 uh, class? Uh, you know, against Chris. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, it would be fun. It's funny. Um, all these years we've been racing, yeah. and we stay away from each other good enough where we've never raced each other. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never raced them. Yep. yep. He can come and get it though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it'll be fun. It, it'll be fun. It all be, the years that you guys had the two dragsters mm-hmm. running in Super yeah. Pro, you never raced each other. No. If I, We've never raced each other. We've taken a couple of time runs together, but if I remember right, twice. We did it twice. We were both down to four cars. Um, I lost. Dad won, actually won the race. And I think the next one he lost, and I won the race. We wow. never, never raced each other. Yeah. I've raced Ben like 16 times. <laughs> that one, the one year we raced each other a bunch. At Empire. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, Dad and I have never raced each other. Randy Jewell was in Christopher's car one weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I go up kind of quick. Randy got into a separate set of lanes, and somehow, somehow. Oh, that's Empire Dragway for you. Yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden, I look over, and Jerry's shaking his head, and I'm going, what? And you look over, and it's Christopher's car. Yeah, Randy. (laughs) I got to race Randy in Christopher's car. It was hilarious. That's how it was this year when I was racing your Firebird. Yeah. We were, what, one pair away from getting tight. You were I was dragster. racing the dragster, yeah. yeah. Yep, just we're in the same lane on the opposite side of the whole world, and yeah, you two. What? Yeah. You mean us two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were one pair away, yeah. one car away from racing each other, uh, like second round yeah. or yeah. something. Ridiculous. So now before you went to the dragster, Phil, you were in Anova, right? Yes. And yeah. that was that a 70? Yeah, 70 Nova. Yep. So new Nova is what year? Um, it's actually a 73 body, but with the 70 front end on it. Okay. Kenny Guile uh, put the right taillights, correct taillights in it yep. for me. Okay. So it'll look... Like a 70. Yeah, yeah. A um, little more modern than the old Nova was. The old <laughs> Nova was old, old school. Oh, come on, um, You know, I mean, that, was, that car was stock front end... Um, Four-wheel drum brakes, you know, ladder bar with yep. leaf springs. Pete, Pete Zawadzki, Pete Z. Yep. He's the one that did the car for me. Um, worked great. Now, is that car still competing out at Empire? No? No. Um, I think a retired sheriff bought it. Uh, Nichols? Terry Nichols. Terry Nichols. So okay. Joe Ross bought it. You remember Joe yeah. Ross? Yeah. My dad went to high school with him. He raced yeah. it going. Yeah. We talked about... Dad was going 960s in it, which was fast. 
you know, for it then. But sure. Joe ended up going like eight eighties in it. Wow. Okay. Which was too scary fast for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang, so, had some smoke, huh? Yeah. So Randy got the car and ended up front halfing it and back halfing it, and then Terry bought it. I don't know, probably twelve, fifteen years ago, and Randy did a bunch of work on it. Yeah. And Never haven't seen it since. Still uh, sitting in his garage. Still sitting in his garage. So wow. I every time I see him. Every time. I don't even say hello to him. I say, are you ready to sell that? <laughs> I was going to say, you must have inquired, right? Oh, yeah, a couple of times. No, no, no. He just laughs and walks away. So, But that's all right. The new one will be cool. The new one will be neat. It, uh, it sounds that way. I guess with the new one, so is it, I guess, how close to stock is the, is it currently the new one? Um. I already we already took the subframe out of the front of it and sold it. We bought a Smith Racecraft front end for it, front subframe. So it's all tubular chromoly front end. Okay. They say it's worth 150 pounds. Um, I believe it. And then what we're gonna try and do, Randy, Christopher, me, Ben, all of us, uh, small tire, twenty nine five ten five or maybe a three fifteen radial. And that's uh, where that's where I'm going with this question essentially is why the small tire um why not uh cut the whole back seat out of it and put the biggest giganticest tubs you can get and throw those in there yeah well yeah the nova was that way my old nova yeah uh they had a you put a 1432 under it um to fit the class 550 the biggest tire you can put on it is a 295105. Okay, I didn't know that. Yep. Or uh 315 radial. So that's that's a class. So we want to come out and try to make it work just like that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be split model leaf springs, Keltrax. Okay. Um a good pair of shocks whether I go Afco or Menser. Mm-hmm. Um and then try to make it work like that. The whole the whole idea of this whole car is more versatile, more things to race it in. The truck you were pigeonholed like a dragster, mm-hmm. um, which is really I have to say is really funny because if you look at the trend in drag racing as far as what guys were doing, yeah, I mean you go back to the seventies, you know, basically everybody had door cars. There was very very few dragsters that were out there, um, and then somewhere I'm going to call it late eighties to late nineties, all of a sudden it's like you started seeing all these dragsters. And I don't know if it was the popularity of super comp or, or what it was, but everyone was going to dragsters. And, and over the last few years, what you've definitely seen, especially at the big dollar bracket races, is the guys are going away from the dragsters and they're going back to the door cars. And I honestly don't know, I guess why that is. Um, I don't know if it's because of now the big dollar bracket races have got to the point where they separate the door cars and dragsters that it's like hey you know what doesn't really matter i don't have to build a dragster anymore and i think a door car is cooler or if guys feel like they're uh they're they're more consistent at the big dollar bracket races or if it's just hey yeah i got something that you know now i can go race you know uh, michael beard's races too and race a door car only uh i don't know what it is but i'm i'm surprised to see this trend away from dragsters and going back to uh going back to door cars but i like it i will say i do like it yeah yeah i mean we we get in the argument all the time with pat pat bud mm-hmm. patrick bud yep pat used to say there's nothing sexy about a dragster <laughs> there's nothing sexy it's about a tool it. a, a door car i mean yeah you pick a door car there's something sexy about it he's right 
Um, the dragsters back in the day, yeah, it was your go-to. You want a bracket race it, they're consistent. Well, Christopher and I found, Christopher and I both believe. No, you wanna you wanna be consistent. You wanna win some bracket races. You go to a car like Ben's car, Christopher's car, they're going low sixes, six twenties, six thirties, something that dead hooks. Yep. <laughs> and work with it. When I had my Nova, I was going six forties, six fifties. And it won a boatload in back old school like you and me. Yep. It was on gas. And the thing with gas, like Ben was saying, you had to learn your combination. Mm-hmm. You had to learn with what the weather was doing with what the car was going to do. Well, after a while, you can get good at it. And that Nova won a lot. I yeah. mean, that car did great. I was really happy with it. Um, going to a dragster, Christopher and I beat our, head against, beat our heads against the wall. Um, there is no dead hook in a dragster. Yep. So now you're... What we will always say is, uh, with Patrick's carburetor on his dragster, my dragster, doesn't matter. You are track dependent. Mm-hmm. So we roll up in the lanes. We don't look at weather or anything with, the, with his dragster. We get in it and say, well, what do you think? How long's the track been sitting? Mm-hmm. How many cars are going down it? You know, do talk about that what lane looks better? Are we running after street? Right. <laughs> wow, that's right. Problem. right. You're spot on. Yeah. Right. So that's... So then as you're going later rounds, track cools off. Track cools off, things start slowing down, less cars are going down. Um, we get down to four cars or something. The humidity. And humidity. Mm-hmm. So humidity plays into it as humidity starts going up, the car will lose one, you know, maybe two. Yeah. And we start dialing for it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm old school, I don't play the holding game. Yeah. Uh, these guys these guys are better at it than I am. <laughs> Uh, Christopher can play both ends. Um, I just can't. I can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah. So I'll dial honest and, and go for it. The, but the door car, and when Christopher got in Ben's car down in Piedmont this year, um, he made a believer out of me because I didn't believe that Ben's car was that deadly. Mm-hmm. Christopher goes out, goes uh, 35, 30, 636 with a 9. Yeah. First set, right? Yep. Six thirty six nine, right? Yeah. And Christopher missed the tree a little bit. So he rolls it out. First round he goes up. Car he dials thirty seven. Yep. You know, you're not gonna give a whole nine thou away. Right, right. And I buy into these guys the way they race now. He goes up, he's double oh five red, dead zero. Running I'm it out. Running it out. I go, You ran it out. He goes, Yeah, I want red. I'm running it out. Yeah. So it's dead zero. I go, okay. So next round he goes up. He's in, in one entry still. Dials 37. He said, I got down there. The guy was with me. I gave it one quick, just real quick to make sure I was going to be 37 something. Mm-hmm. It went like 37 3. No. And then the next one, he went out, ran it out. It was 37 2. Mm. I mean, the thing was within four thou. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. It's, it's the power of a third gen. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say it's, that. it's crazy. But it goes back to like what I was saying. Um, I think a good bracket car yeah. is That's a dead hook good. car. Ben is running a small radial on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I run a, a twenty eight pro bracket. Right? Yeah, twenty eight ten five pro bracket. Right? Yeah, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And Christopher's car is a twenty eight ten five slick. Yep. So um, I really believe. I really believe you can make it work. I I think the swing to door cars is the way to go. 
we watched the finals Saturday night. Mm-hmm. All of us were on the fence watching. Yeah. yeah, well, fast door cars. Fast door cars. Oh, like, yeah. These the new six what six twenty is like five fifty in Carolina. Yeah. yeah, If you're not going five fifty, yeah, yeah. I mean, you ain't nothing. Done what was there? Two five forty, five fifty, and then two five twenty yeah. cars. Yeah, there was. Yeah, five couple five twenties. There was a five. One guy five forty seven. Another guy five forty nine. And I mean, when they made it down to three cars, they had all run dead on. Mm-hmm. You know, we we didn't know what they were doing for reaction times, but it was it was ridiculous. The guy, the guy that had to buy to the finals runs dead on zero. Yeah, spins back around in the final and goes like dead on two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, he was dead on like four rounds in a row. We were we were listening. You yeah. know, yeah. just crazy. So he kind of made a little bit of a liar out of me as far as ET wise, but. Um, Pretty phenomenal. I love watching door cars. I it's, really do. It's something different every round. Like if you're if you're at home watching, you know the Motor Mania feeds of this big uh-huh. spring fling races. The dragster portion comes on. We'll watch the football game. You know what I mean? Like it's boring. They're it's all the just, same. They're all the same. They all go yeah. four fifty. Yeah. yeah, big. There's no big, difference. Big motors. You know, yep. big chrome headers. They're all the same. I mean, they all leave exactly the same. I mean, they just right. you know, drive away from the starting line. I mean, yeah, I have to say. I mean, I get why guys buy them and build them and uh, and use them, but uh, wow, are they boring to watch? There's I mean, just no doubt about it. I did get to find out firsthand though with those long and skinnies uh, at the Sears seventy five hundos. They are a world easier to work. <laughs> well, <laughs> we he did that. not stop working. Yeah, that entire weekend. Uh, yeah, that was a little. Yeah, that. Yeah, I've got a dragster, and I'll tell you what, I love driving it. It's the something about that car. I don't know why. Drove dads. Um, drove a couple others over the years. That car is easy to drive. Mm-hmm. Get in it. Um, dads hopped in it done well i could throw ben in it he'd hop in it it just drives so well um but i'll tell you what there's nothing like letting go of the button in the firebird and having it ride the bumper for right 100 feet right i mean and the dragster is much easier to work on i mean we literally ben's not getting that but well, we pulled the entire setup out on the that's, on the <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing every sierra's race friday night make two time runs Roll it into the water box for first round. Start doing a burnout. Breaks a couple rock arms. So I caught it. Brought it back. Ben's racing the Firebird. So Ben, what, you're down to 14 cars? Yep. We hop in the truck. Dad and I go home. I had a Or no, you were still in in one, weren't you? You were still in an extra. No, you hopped fri- in the Firebird. Fri- no, that was Saturday. That was Saturday, okay. Oh, yeah, we broke something Saturday. So, yeah, we broke it again Saturday. So Friday, <laughs> we hop in the truck. Dad and I fly home. We're tw- I'm 20 minutes away from the track. Yeah. Which you know. So we hop and fly home, get back. Ben's racing the next round. We missed one round. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, throw a set of rock arms in the car. Fired up. It's good to go for Saturday. So Ben, luckily... Well, they didn't call her. They, they canceled they it. Can't, they canceled the rest of the they remainder called. to the next de- night. Yeah, they postponed it to the next day. So okay. Ben's still in on a Firebird. <laughs> yep. So I'm start a new day Saturday with a dragster. So it's going good. Um, I had two entries, like third round, lost. I don't know. Broke the car. You broke I'm the car. I'm down to 20 cars or 18 cars or something. You broke the input shaft, right? I got Tommy Calabrese, which Tommy's car is awesome. So I see him let go. I look, he's red. So I let go of the button. The car goes out, doesn't make the gear change. Mm-hmm. So I shift it. Yep. As soon as I shifted it, 
boom, on the round <laughs> limiter. Okay. So breaks the input shaft. Yeah. I win the round. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, there's no way we can change input shaft because they were calling us back already. Right. So Ben's still. Were you still? I'm in? getting. So I was out of eliminations of that race because I was only racing. I was racing John Pops's car as well. Yes. So I was out of eliminations with your car yep. in that race, but I had to go back up for the remainder of Friday's race. Right. So the car was still warmed up, ready to so go. So the car was warmed up. So John let me hop in the Firebird. Okay. To make the next round. Yeah. And uh, Chucky White got me in a good race, but yeah. So we put rock arms in it Friday night. Race, huh? It was a good race. And then Ben. They canceled and us. Dad and I months. helped. I went back home Saturday night, <laughs> got input shaft because we had one of those at home too, and uh, we slung input shaft in it. So it broke in the gear set. So <laughs> so we slide the converter out, and the input shaft falls out, and there's a piece stuck inside. Oh, How did we get that out again? I remember. I remember. Too. So um, I'm like, man, you know, Dad and I do our own training. Yep. And um, I'm like, Dad, I'm not pulling this training apart here. You know what I mean? I'm just not doing I don't have it in me. It was like 1030 at night. I'm like, you know what? I've done you some goofy stuff at you work. You sent me on a goose chase for a magnet. <laughs> so I sent him on a goose chase for a magnet. And I'm like, you know, there's a little, like, pilot hole that they drill through them. Fluid. Fluid. Flow fluid. to the gear set. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, let me try and just beat a screwdriver in it with a big hammer and see what happens. So I so take you a, get it wedged down yeah, there. Yeah, so I took oh, one of Dad's good down. craftsman screwdrivers that I'm sure he loved <laughs> and smashed it in there. And here it comes out. Pulled it right out. So it came right out. So I get we, back on the golf cart two in the morning. A gallon, a gallon. Chris goes, yeah, here it is on the screwdriver. Yep. Yeah, so we slid the input shaft back in and went back racing Sunday. But I like... Honestly, when you race them both together, um, the dragster is a tool. Mm-hmm. The dragster is a good tool to have in your arsenal. Fortunate enough to have it at right. two cars, right. um, you know. And um, but I struggle bracket racing in the car. My car, I'm better bracket racing in the dragster. But I would take driving the car on nitrous any day over the drags uh-huh. you know just because it's more fun right right you know the dragster's boring yeah this is a this is a conversation that i had uh, had with a few people and you know when i was younger i didn't understand this uh when you know me and my dad were racing together um racing super gas you know my dad stuck with the five speed with the car as long as he possibly could we were you know one of the last guys out there in super gas uh well, I wouldn't even say in Supergas, just bracket racing, let's call it locally in general, that had a five-speed uh, in a fast car. You you guys were bracket racing that with a stick in it? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Savages. That is cool. <laughs> it was... Uh, I, I mean, it was, it was it was it was cool to watch, oh, and uh, man, it, I mean, the sound now even today when I hear somebody out there with uh, you know that has uh, I think there was a Mustang out there not too long ago that might have had a Jericho in it yeah. at, uh, at Empire, and yeah. it's like as soon as I heard, it, I'm like, what is that? That sounds really cool. I gotta well, go see a, this. That's a blue one with the blower. No, I think it was a is it a black one with a silver. I think it was a black one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. those guys are wild. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we did it for a long time, and I never understood why, and it got to be so much work. So to get a good light on four-tenths tree, we were reducing the clutch departure, um, and you, what you end up doing is you ended up basically shifting without any sort of clutch, basically. You're just 
you're just falling gears, and so you burn. You end up burning the gears up. So it came to every single weekend. We're taking the transmission out, splitting the case, taking the gears, cleaning them up, oh. putting the whole thing together again. And it just got to be a lot of work. And then finally, my dad blew the whole thing up. That was when we switched to um, the the automatic and the converter. And for me, it was like, yeah, it immediately made the car and, and us extremely competitive, uh, particularly in super gas. I mean, my dad was easily able to get old lights uh, like crazy, and the car was just super easy to work on, maintenance wise. Um, but it's boring. It's boring. I can understand. And now that I'm the age that I'm at, which is you know basically my dad's age when he passed away, it's like I can see now why my dad kept the five speed in the car as long as he did, because there was something about. And again, this at the time there was no electronics really for the most part. So it was you leave it valve float and you shift it valve float. And yeah, to basically put your foot to the floor, have it go to 9,300 RPM and let the clutch out, it's like, holy cow. Ooh. It's just incredible compared to, yeah, I'm at you know, 5,000 on the box. <laughs> let the button go, have it nice and easy, you know, lift the front wheels. And I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still fun, but not violent like that car was. That was just really out of control. And uh, like I said, now that I'm older, it's like, Look, none of us that are sitting in this room, generally the guys out at Empire for 99.9% of us are doing this for a living. We're all doing it for fun. Right. And yeah, we all want to win for sure, but man, if it if you have more fun, you know, driving a door car on nitrous over a dragster or a 5-speed compared to an automatic or, you know, a blower or whatever else it is, well, by all means, that's what you should be doing because that's all we're doing here is we're out there having fun, you know. Right. Um, right. So, I guess uh, you know. At this point, uh, that said, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing with the with the manual transmissions, whether you're doing a Jericho or a, you know, we were just at Doug Nash, uh, um, they are expensive. Um, so yeah, you, you mean yeah, it'd be more fun to. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I think it could be a lot of fun, but you have to be able to afford it too. Unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of things that I can't afford to do. So. Um, now I guess uh, Phil. So for the Nova, at this point, it's going to be truck powertrain in the Nova and go race some 570, and that's uh, your plan as well, Chris, is to race 570 again, mostly in 2021. Yeah, I think so. The 550 deal, yeah. Oh, it's um, 550. That's 550. 550, yep. not 570. Okay, that's um, right. Yeah, Randy's Randy's at 570 is super comp. So for, yes. Randy's deal is 550, 650. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. What's the name of the actual series? I'm calling it Randy's series. But. It's um, Empire Outlaw. Empire Outlaws. The Empire Outlaws, okay. Yeah, so between the three tracks, hopefully this year, they're all working together. You've got the Asta Outlaws, um, Buffalo Street Outlaws. Oh, okay. You've got the uh, Empire Outlaws, and I'm hoping that, from what it sounded like, everybody's going to try to work together. Um, we had a bunch. There was a bunch of races last year. There was like twelve between Empire, Asta, and Lancaster. There was like twelve races. Oh, um, we tried to hit most of them. Weather, weather, weather caught us a couple. Weather times. Weather got us a couple times. But Asta's got a big race at the end of the year. Randy's race was stout, paid well at the end of the year. Um, Lancaster struggled a little bit this year, but hopefully next year will be better for them. Um, yeah. So I think that's the plan. We're going to bracket race as much as we can. Ben and I are talking about maybe doing some stuff together. Um, Dragon Dad with us. Yeah, he has to come. He's make, part of the clause. Make him, yeah, make, yeah. 
key keeps us grounded, keeps us level-headed. Um, yeah, if Uncle Phil's not there, I'm going to go nuts. You're nuts anyway, yeah. so we're good. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he helps a little bit. So... Um, keeps uh, keep Ben in check. He <laughs> keeps the old school sense into us for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just 550 race. Help Dad with his deal, see if we can get his lined out quick. Yep. Um, 550 race, and then if we're not doing that race, the dragster, I'm sure Dad will race it probably a little bit. He raced it a bunch, more than I did last year, um, which yeah. is just fine. We parked the truck parked early. The truck early yeah so you know we we had the truck out in morrisville north carolina in may the beginning it. of the year and then after that uh we we talked to the the guy that bought it and uh he needed a little bit of time sent me deposits so i just sat it i just parked it oh you know and just it just sat up you know one of those deals where you don't want to take a chance oh yeah 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 so christopher what was really nice was christopher got to drive it a couple times spraying it and it really, it really gets your attention. You know, sixty. We were sixty foot, and best sixty foot with that was one hundred and three, mm-hmm. with the one hundred and eighty gear set. We went to a one fifty eight, yeah, one fifty eight gear set, and it's sixty footed like one hundred and seven, right around there. So it, it still got your attention. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to get your yeah, attention for right. sure. But right. it was definitely a lot more consistent, a lot easier. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I've never made a vehicle go that fast before, you know. So that was fun. Yeah, it was fun to say we came out. Randy Jewell started this. Uh, that truck was. Do you did you ever hear the story about that truck? It was Ian Ray's. Okay, no. To start with, um, Ian's from Canada. Um, started this truck back in '05, and this was built from the ground up by Randy Jewell. Um, Timmy Antonora, Ian, and Pat Budd. Mm -hmm. And this was their chassis. So the biggest thing they didn't want were the bars going through the back window. Okay. So it wasn't, they didn't have them. Uh, Chassis worked great. Uh, I got it. It was 80% done. I finished up the double frame rails, and then we had to hang the whole body and everything Mm -hmm. on it, front end, all that. And then Scott Jaron knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And we painted it. I mean, I... When we went and picked it up, um, you couldn't slap the smile off my face. <laughs> I said to Scott, up at Empire had to be unreal. I, I said to Scott, I go, is it the same truck? You know, and he laughed, you know. Um, Scott took the front bumper. He actually sectioned it and made it longer. Okay. You know, closer yeah. to the ground. Uh, he was worried about it under power being too high at the finish line mm. versus if you were on the brakes. Yeah. So he said he wanted to do that. I said, whatever you want to do, you know. Um, he did great. It came back. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and we at least we got a taste of we did what we wanted to do. Randy Jewell, me, Christopher, all of us, we all came out with a plan to go 470 racing yep. and try to do try to do well, actually try to come out and win. Right, right. And uh, it did it. You know, we were really happy with it. We struggled it yeah, with took, it in 18. I gave up a little bit on it. And then 19, we came out, and Randy goes, you need wheelie bars? I go, fine, let's put them on it. We didn't have wheelie bars on it. Uh, we put sand tough shocks in the back of it. And like I said, we we moved the fuel cell to the back, gave a little more weight in the back end of it. And uh, Randy goes, we're going to get after it. And he goes, no more 300, <laughs> 350. He goes, we're going right to 500. I go, all right. 
So it was that fun. I, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was it was made mm-hmm. it made some moves in the beginning. I told Chris Rago, you get in a race at one of the four seventy races. I want to see if it's me or if it's the truck. Yep. And it it was the track. It was like four hundred fifty, five hundred foot out. Yep. The thing would just make a move. I mean, mm-hmm. like just move, like push you one way or the other. And I he got in it. It made the move, and I'm like, good. It wasn't me. Right. Right. You know. So they really, you know, the prep, the prep was huge. Yep. Um, if it wasn't there, with what I was trying to do, spraying a more down track, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna get get yeah. there. You know. Um, the last race of the year, Jerry had, I don't know, we only had like seven or eight cars. The last four seventy race, and um, it was cold that day. And I asked Jerry, I go, well, you know, are you going to spray? He goes, well, we sprayed it already. We'll see what it looks like. You know, first first qualifier, I got out 400 foot, and the thing made a move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the second qualifier was dancing all over. I just stayed with it, and then 477, I was number one qualifier. Mm. You know, and that was dancing all over the place. So we got lucky enough that he prepped and everything fell into place, and uh, it won the last race of that year, which yeah. was fun. But Christopher got an idea of what it is to go 1060 foot. And a door car, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. Cool. It was fun. It was fun. We we set out a goal. We did it. It was fun to make something go fast. Um, Christopher's right. As far as the nitrous and all that, it's really not that bad. It's pretty easy. Um, was, the five, last time, was the last time Chris was on the show, he was preaching the same thing. Yeah. Um, I can't say that uh, I wasn't buying because uh, he certainly made it sound pretty darn easy and interesting to try. I've never run nitrous in my life. I don't know the first thing about it. Um, I will say alcohol-wise, I mean, sitting here and listening to you guys uh, talk about alcohol. And Randy and I had a brief conversation when I was at the shop dropping the car off about uh, switching the Corvette lever. over to alcohol. Okay. Um, you know, like Santa, you just got to believe. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, I'm again, I'm an old school guy, and you know, right now it's me and Phil, right? So I'm hanging around another old school guy, and it's like, yeah, the two of us. It's like, no, alcohol, no, not doing that. And you need uh, one pump gas, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, ab gas, right? Uh, yeah, you want right. to go really old school? We'll do ab gas, right. but yeah. So I mean, overall, like I said, sitting here listening to you, and, and Randy showed me, uh, you know, he's like, oh, geez, you know, he's not that hard with a fuel pump. And I have a uh, I have a Magnafuel. I think I have the Magnafuel 400 on my car. Okay. I don't think I went the 500. I'm not. I think it's a 400, um, which I don't know if that's big enough or not. Um, what sure what engine? It works on a two seventy. It's a small block. Huh? Small block, right? Jason? Small yeah, block. Yeah. Small block. Yeah, it's a it's a maybe. Four, yeah. Four oh six. Four oh six in my car. Mine was running on a Magnafuel 275. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so maybe, yeah, maybe I could use the same fuel pump. Randy's like, oh, you don't even have to do that if you don't want. You could, you know, here, he showed me a belt-driven pump that mm-hmm. uh, he had sitting there. He's like, you could do something like this. It'd be super easy. And we're talking about putting a vacuum pump on the car. It's like, okay. you know, so if you're going to do it, you could kind of do it all at once. And sure. um, But uh, yeah, I will say I'm interested. I mean, just because, I mean, going faster, it's always nice to go faster. And uh, if for something like that, where the overall investment, and it's kind of like the vacuum pump, the overall investment to add some power is really minimal. Yeah. Um, and with alcohol, for God's sakes, you actually make it up long term it doesn't even take that long because of the f- cost of fuel savings right, right. Absolutely. Um, absolutely i definitely made it up this year for sure 
Absolutely. Yeah, when you're putting 10,000 passes on your car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quintuple enter. Yeah, right, again. right. <laughs> you guys forced me to race 640. We your buddy, did. Uh, your buddy Phil, he had to come <laughs> to the shop and stir up some problems. But that's the, again, that's the really nice thing is the fact that, yeah, you were triple entered and not having to worry about, I mean, trans, trans temperature is one thing that you got to worry about still, but you didn't have to worry about engine temperature at all. And, uh, um, yeah, to, to basically take that out of the equation completely and not have to worry about your engine temperature, uh, that's pretty nice. And, um, again, sitting here listening to you guys, I mean, I know firsthand, Ben, I mean, your car is extremely consistent. Uh, I don't know if I raced you once or twice this year, but uh, um, your car is definitely consistent. And, I mean, obviously the Scarlatas here, I mean, there's nobody out at Empire that would say, oh, yeah, Scarlatas are pushovers. They don't know what they're doing, and, uh, you know, they're all over the place. So um, there's something to be said, I think, for the story you guys are telling about alcohol and the, the truth behind it. Don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, truck, the truck had no grill or anything in it. Yep. And it ran super cool. Spraying it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And the fun part about the truck was everybody in 470 pushes their car up to the lanes, and they push their cars back. Yep. I drive it to the lanes, pass, come back, flip it off, take off my gear, fire it up, and drive it back. I'm weaving in and out of everybody pulled over waiting for their yeah. you know, push vehicle to come get them. Right. It was just it was a blast. You come back up the return road after spraying it. And if you were 180, that was hot. Mm-hmm. It was usually 160, 165, 170. Yeah, the dragster, crazy. we can't get heat in it. Yeah, same with 150, 160. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Jason, I got a carburetor that bolt right on your stuff to try. Because <laughs> my <laughs> motor's probably damn close. To oh, I got one too. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Patrick's in Patrick Systems, uh, a, vacuum, vacuum referenced uh, regulator. Yeah. yeah. So you're not. Um, saturating the oil with alcohol okay so yeah so basically what it does is it um under part throttle it actually pulls fuel pressure away so it doesn't overrun the needles and seats okay when you're wide open it gives it three like three to four pounds more of fuel pressure Mm -hmm. so it works off ported vacuum it works backwards okay and then when you lift at the finish line it basically takes the fuel pressure away yep and tries to run the bowls half down and then it'll bring it back. So it never really overruns, never does anything weird. Yep. Um, and the oil looks like it was, I mean, the dragster, I don't even run a vacuum pump. I don't run a vacuum and pump. Ben does, that's right. Ben doesn't run a vacuum pump I'll go either. 60 runs before I feel bad. I have to change it. You know what really? I mean? But that stuff, it's, it's what's still it, green, man. What's it look like when you take it out? <clears throat> it, I, I, every time I pull it, I'm like, dang. Should have saved that eighty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you got to do it. You know what I mean? You got because I don't have a vacuum pump. So generally, though, I'm good about it. You know what I mean? I just anything that he Christopher says, I listen to. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. He's got it down to a science. Him and him and Uncle Phil, they got it down. They whether it's nitrous or the alcohol, they get it. They have it down. So you just get the thing hot at the end of the night. It's 180 degrees. Yep. You know, up in there. Make sure you get your condensation burned off. Let the carburetor empty out. Spray her down. Just, just it's little stuff. You know, what I mean? it's it's not hard. It, it no. really isn't. It no, really it's for, hard. For little the extra time. Laps I take with no vacuum pump on it, and how my oil looks. It's I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't. I would have thought I'd run into problems already. Yeah, Patrick's got a good system. I mean, you that regulator system is wicked. You listen to him too. At the end of the night, he'll tell you the same thing. I mean, he's got a Firebird with five forty in it. 
Patrick, Patrick does. Yeah, Patrick does. Um, drain the fuel. You know, run it out of fuel at the end of the night. He'll squirt some fuel in the uh, over uh, the vent tubes. The vent tubes. Yep. Yeah. Fire back up on fuel. Mm-hmm. Let it run that out real quick, and basically you you know you're good to go for the next week. Mm. If you're going to let it sit, then he'll he'll suggest pulling the bowls off and cleaning it out, spraying it up WD forty or whatever. Yeah. You know. But yeah, every week with the truck, I just get back and fill up fill up the bowls from the vent tubes from the top. Yeah, I never took anything apart, and it, it worked out great. Dad always goes the extra mile. I'll be honest with you, I'm horrible. I don't even do that. I drive it close to the trailer, click the fuel pump off, drive it in the trailer, and I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> too lazy to take <laughs> he off. does. It's too lazy <laughs> to take the hood off. Yeah, so I stayed. I stayed on top. It is of the a truck. lot to take the hood off in the trailer, though. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So, um, honestly, Jason, if you were up to try it, I would 100% help you try it. I am up to try it. So, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I was going to say, if, if we're going to do it. We got two sitting at the shop that'll work. Yeah, say if we're going to do it. Yeah, honestly, time. probably his would be better. Mine would probably be a little bit closer. Yeah. 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 So, what's your. Well, yours a little bigger, but. Old main body, though. Old main body. Yeah. yeah. So, so, mine's what? Mine's a free. You have the. Mine's a 1050. No, but you have the, what is it, the Venom? You have a Venom on yours? Is that uh, what it's called? Yes, I believe so. I have the one before that. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know what the names are. Yeah. All I know is I got this carburetor. Chris, what did you do? You, you sent Patrick James an email for me? Yeah. And then I called him and he said, yeah, send it in, no problem. I told him I wanted it identical to his. He said 200 bucks. Sent it back. Put it on the car. I haven't touched this yet. He gives you a whole packet with extra jets and this and this. When the weather does this, you should do this. I'll, explaining everything, and I've yet to touch it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a regular. You've got a forty-one fifty on your yep. right, carb. Yep. So one of his regular carbs, it's like what seven hundred fifty, eight hundred, eight hundred bucks. Look at it Flick with the regulator done yeah. set up. You know when you give them. Say you wanted one mm-hmm. down the road. Yep. You give them all your specs, and your five to six days, it's at your door. And bolt it on and go. He's super, Patrick's He's super, super easy to work nice. with. I oh, mean, it's unreal. I've called him. The best story I've got of Patrick is um, I was super comp racing, or quick rod racing. Yeah. I was at Richmond with a dragster, SV1 on it. The thing would stumble coming off the stop horribly. And you got this one big butterfly, mm-hmm. you know. And he said, call his tech line on any time. So I'm like, okay, let's see how this works. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's 11.30 at night. I call him. He picks up the phone. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm like, uh, good. How are you? You know, he's like, good. What's going on, man? I'm like, uh. He's like, I know. You're in Richmond uh, quick rod racing, right? Yeah, I saw it online. What's up? Huh. Well, this is what I got going on. Yep, change this, this, this. Call me tomorrow. Let me know. Everything I changed. Jason came off the stop clean as could be, and I lost in the finals that night. So I mean, he's his customer service is phenomenal. Yeah, I did hear that it could get finicky with the alcohol on a throttle stop. Yeah, it pulls up in the intake with the big, and wants the yeah. wants the putter. Yeah, yeah I, I, know I, I haven't had a problem. I know Lieber tried yeah. the yeah. SV one. Uh, I think he was the first one actually. He had a E eighty five one, if I remember. Uh, oh, you know what? That, that that's what it was. Yes, I think that's, right. Yes, I believe you're yeah. right. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm almost positive that's exactly what it was. It was an E85 yep. SP1, and 
yeah on the stop as well and yeah patrick was like yeah i don't know how this is going to work but we'll try it and uh i know it you know went back and forth a couple of times and i think at the end of the day i think they finally said yeah this probably isn't the best uh application for this so right that was one i think they they decided to to quit that experiment but yeah it was it was interesting the first time i saw it was like what the heck is that yeah they're huge you know (laughs) huge um but i'll tell you what on mine i've got an inline stop and um the dragster is awesome. Mm-hmm. I haven't stopped raced it in probably um, maybe f- since six years, probably 2014. But I mean, I could turn the stop on tomorrow and it'd be perfect. So, yeah, yeah. So it, alcohol, it responds well. E85, I don't know. Yeah, like I talked to Billy about that. I think before, and he struggled and. Him and Patrick, they were changing stuff and doing this. Yeah, and I can't even say, I mean, honestly, I know that Billy's not running E85 anymore. I mean, there right. was all sorts of issues, I think, with the E85, too. So, I mean, I don't ah, necessarily okay. even know that they can look back and say that it was specifically the SV1 and it wasn't the actual fuel. And, and okay. you know, I think most of the guys now that are running E85 have have generally learned that you have to buy the competition E85 um, because the E85 that you get from the pump, there's just too much variability in it and it doesn't work very well. Actually, Um, Mason Fix uh, up at Lancaster, he mixes his E85 with alcohol. Really? Yes. Never heard of it. And then when it is yellow, that yellow car he has, I don't know what kind of car that is. I that. He claims when I went to the um, when I go to the Ohio Big Buck race with him, he, I was out at Lancaster that one Friday night, I believe for the 640 series mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. number one qualifier went like 699 or something like that. <laughs> uh, that was at Lancaster. <laughs> yeah. I, I was number yeah. two and uh, I was just a couple hundreds behind you. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, no, he tucked me into going out to the. Ohio race, it's only three and a half hours away. Well, I'm like, all right, you go get me a pair of basketball shorts. I'll meet you there in the morning. <laughs> so I went down there, and he's explaining how he mixes it with because he's you got to count your points or whatever on the E85, okay. I guess. And yeah. he finds that the alcohol adds the extra points to the E85 or whatever. And I mean, Mason's a very good racer. Him yeah. and his dad are very intelligent oh, yeah. guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, his car works. I don't mm-hmm. see it miss a beat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But just mixing E85 with alcohol, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Might as well run methanol. Right, that right. Point. You take you know it for you just not run alcohol. Right, so, right. So not worth all that work. No. No. <laughs> no, that's a lot of work. All right, well, let's uh, let's discuss this. Like I said, if we're going to do it, uh, let's do it. the, the time in. to do it is uh, when the car is at the shop here yeah. and uh, we can take a look at everything and figure out what uh, what we need to do. But yeah, I'm I am okay with uh, with giving it a try. If, if now, if we were talking to Phil right now, I can guarantee that... Oh, we'll put would, him in his place tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably want to fight us tomorrow. <laughs> He's going to drive that S10 through the door. <laughs> But yeah, we can uh, we can definitely give this. I, like I said, I've toyed uh, around with the idea a bunch of times about potentially doing it, and uh, I, you know, one thing it's just like with nitrous too. Nitrous is the same thing. I know nothing about it, um, and you know, if I if I knew something about it, and, and I won't say that I don't know people that know something stuff about it. Obviously, I do. But it's like you know, if my next door neighbor was a drag racer and a nitrous expert, I'd probably feel more apt to say. Yeah, okay, let's give this a try. I got a guy right here, and you know we can play with it in the garage, all the rest of it. But uh, you start talking about you know doing something you don't know anything about, and if you don't know anyone to you know that's really convenient to help you with it. Right. And I don't want to go out to the track honestly and struggle and try and play with stuff at the track and experiment. Um, and and quite frankly, the other thing too is that the last thing I want to do, and this is one thing with nitrous, why I've stayed away from it. I mean. 
Obviously, there's been a lot of technology and knowledge that's come along with nitrous systems and how to run them. Yep. Um, but when you're old like me and your dad, um, and you remember seeing all the nitrous explosions going on uh, in the 80s, right? Um, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I can't afford to do that. So I want no part of that. <laughs> Don't bring that stuff anywhere near me. Uh, but there's plenty of guys now, obviously, that do it, you know, out at Empire, just, just out at Empire, let's call it, and that run nitrous all the time with mm-hmm. no issues whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and again, if you can do it, let's call it consistently and, you know, where it doesn't add a lot of wear and tear on your parts, it's really cheap horsepower. So, yeah. I mean, now you start throwing 500 shots at it like, uh, you better like, carry 10 bottles, like Phil over here was. So, no, yeah. but with, I'm also like a with the nitrous. I'm on the outside looking and I don't know much about it just yeah. as much as I've learned, you know, and then you're working for Randy. When it comes to that stuff, they are, you guys have it set up. It's and it's it's completely mistake proof. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's real if there's if you screw it up, you screwed it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the, his mm-hmm. system, the way that Chris runs that stuff in the Firebird, it's it's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal the way his progressive system works, and he's got it idiot proof. I mean, he's just on a valve. So if this valve is closed and the bottle's on, you're still not triggered to the motor. You know what I mean? Yep. Just it's it's actually pretty simple. The way he has it set up. Yeah. I'm sure you could get yourself into a world of hurt trying to set it up yourself. I know at least oh, yeah. I could. Yeah. Because if it ever goes in, this is what this guy's doing it. Yeah. Justin, Justin, Justin at work will wire it. Chris will set the rest up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just and the way he has it set up in his Firebird is unreal. I don't know much about uh, Uncle Phil's S10, how that was set up. I never really identical. dug it. I'd imagine it, it's unreal. It's identical. I did get the chance to play with it in Piedmont for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of fun. Yes, we had some fun. Oh yeah, we yeah we had a nice nitrous game going on with uh, last year's other winner down there. Oh, Ferguson. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, yeah. 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 Ben sure. had to race him in Christopher's car. You know, and the guy is a very well known racer, yeah. excellent racer. Yep. And we wheel up with the Firebird. Ben's in it. He's got a dial on. Cars it. out to lunch. Yeah, cars okay. out to lunch. Cars out to lunch. We have no clue. He's got a slow dial on it. He's going to hold a bunch. He goes. Well, let's not let's not hold. Let's dial to run the number. So he drops at three hundredths. Yeah. They turn the bottle on. He gives it a few purges in the staging lanes. You look look over at Ferguson. He drops his dial Leave by two. Leave it off. Leave it off. What are you doing? Drops his dial by one or two. Yeah. And and he just I don't know what happened to him. The he guy, was out to lunch. He was out to lunch at the head. Yeah. No. No, but then we, I, we got lucky with that. No, so I rolled into the lanes with this like is a Glenn 40. Ferguson. Glenn Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I rolled into the lanes with like a forty-three on the window. Chris is like, "You can't get there." I was like, "I know." Shh. So as soon as I <laughs> found out, I had as soon as I found out I had you know dialed up four hundred. So kind of looks at me sideways. You know what I mean? Well, I told Chris I was like, "Watch until he's looking. As soon as he's watching us, yeah, to get our dialing, switch it." And then immediately, Chris is like, "No, we're purging the nitrous. Purge the nitrous." Now a car, like, I don't know, four pairs in front broke the rear end about, I don't know, 400 foot down the racetrack. Just festering in his head. What to do, what to do. You see him cross the 06 off the window, put it on a four. Okay, now you're showing me a hundred. Right. You are dialed to stick it and not break out. Yep. Because you don't know how this is going to go. And I just, he was out to lunch. And I, I closed my eyes and I let go triple zero. And <laughs> that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt for my, uh, my escapade for round number one. We but, had fun. It, it was a good time. No matter what these guys say, yeah, it was. Was it a rough weekend? We all we all came home. Everything was running. Mm-hmm. No major 
catastrophic failures. It was a good weekend. Weather was gorgeous. And uh, it will just add to the story oh, later yeah. on, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, 10 years from now, remember that year we went down to Piedmont? And, oh, no, I've got this boy hooked into it. We're going. <laughs> I told him we need four or five big ones this year. I don't care if we take both cars or one. We're doing it. And at that, at that point, we can go down and double. It cuts your cost in half. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> we go as a team. I'd have just worked the way when we went down last year. And I never got to do it. You know, I've always raced by myself. You know what I mean? I've had, I've had friends, the Flushers. I mean, yeah, they oh, yeah. helped me out. Yeah. Of course, I can't say they haven't. You know what I mean? When I'm on the starting line, though, it's nobody but me. I don't have anyone behind me. Right. My father doesn't uh, come up there as often, you mm-hmm. know, as like Uncle Phil does. And yeah. I, I don't complain. I'm not complaining about that. You know yeah. what I mean? My dad's helped me every step of the way. If it wasn't for my parents, I would never have seen the racetrack. Right. You know Same, what I mean? Right. But Same. when we went down to Piedmont last year, it was Chris, Randy, Justin, and I. And no matter what, you pulled into the puddle, there's someone behind your back. Right. You know what I mean? There's right. someone that has your back. You know what I mean? And there was, at that last year, Randy was the guy who kept me on the ground because I, I got a little amped up. You know, I'm running around. It's 35 degrees out. I got a cutoff shirt on. And, uh, um, well, deja yeah, vu again this year. Yeah, well, it's my style. Man. I don't have any sleeves left. There's no doubt. I mean, you can race, obviously, on your own, but it's always nice well, to was, have somebody oh, yeah. there helping you. It yeah. was huge. It was so huge. huge, and that was where it came into play huge. again this year, where we went down there, yet yeah, together, in hindsight, but for ourselves. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I, I understand. I completely understand. You're there on your bill. I'm there on my bill, right? And then Sunday rolls around, and we flip-flop the seat. You know what I mean? Now we're working together. Now when I'm up there, these two are there. Now right. when he's up there, I'm there. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just I don't I don't understand it. It works well. Yeah. It does work well. It did. It, it really does. Yeah. I don't I don't understand yeah, these, why. Both these guys just lit right up, dude. It's dangerous on Sunday. Seriously, it's dangerous. Seriously, I mean he's trip zip. He's double O something. I mean his two or three rounds. Well, yeah, our original plan was split the entry one and one. I right. got one in my car. He's got one in yep. his car. You know what I mean? And then he lights it. So he, what were you, you were like 50, your first hit. No. And we rolled that full 50 out. I rolled like 45 yeah, 45 out. 45 out, and he lights a five red, and I said, no, you stay. And he goes, you sure? I said, I'll guinea pig it in this hot rod. So I'm. it's dangerous. You know what I mean? It would. What you do when you work together, teamwork makes a dream work. You know what I mean? It really does. <laughs> Whether in racing is a solo game, but if you get on there with the right people... It's it really it's led to be good. Well, right? Who knows? Maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll if I uh, join Team Alcohol, maybe uh, yeah. you guys will let me yeah. uh, Team RJ Pro Fab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it is amazing. There's uh, you know all the old school guys. You guys, Rand, Randy's I love Randy, but he's old school. You know what I mean? <laughs> he grew up racing old school, and uh, you ask Randy, he will not touch a wire. He knows nothing about electronics. Oh. But when he climbs on a race car, that's all he needs. He doesn't need any electronics. Yeah. He'll just drive. Yeah. Um, but the nitrous stuff is Randy, full out, uh-huh. out front. I mean, that's Randy 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Ben's not kidding. I mean, the, the knowledge of people that we have together is um, just astounding. I mean, the things that come out and the ideas that are brought right. up and the stuff that actually happens is kind of crazy. But... Um, Jeez, next next thing you're gonna have me uh, putting uh, you know ten fives on the car. And, yeah, uh, Jason, that's an excellent <laughs> idea, Jason. We got nitrous bottles hey, for the you. Six, I got the six fifty of... class is opened up to a five tenths pro tree now. Yes, and it does not yeah. call for a small tire. 
No, I think Randy. But so what is the, you can't okay. run a fourteen thirty two. No, Randy's going to open up. So here's the deal. This is what I understood. You guys change your six forty deal to a five tenths pro. Correct. Right. Correct. So Randy is working his way to the six fifty deal. Yep. Um, no electronics. Yep. But five tenths pro tree. Yep. And he's going to open. He's going to open up the tire rule. Okay. Um, to try and get you guys. Sure. To. You know what I mean? Race. And he's hoping to do that with some money. I know Tom Coonley raced it. Mm -hmm. Ben raced it a bunch. Chucky White. Chucky White. Yep. Um, Antidor's son, I believe. Yeah. I think he's got a small tire, though. Yeah. So he's he's trying to open it up. Oh, the Coupiers put their S10 in it. Yep. That's another big tire car. Now, note when we say no electronics, no delay boxes, no throttle throttle stops. stops. Yep. No throttle stops. No throttle stops. I can wait because. Delay box, yes. I run mine. I believe everyone else ran theirs. I have no idea. I, I, Me neither. I think I think he talked about if he was going to do a five tenths tree. They had talked about he has to. Yeah, you know what I mean because you can't. That's tough. You know. Oh, it's tough for sure. I mean, I would say I would definitely have a hard time with no delay box. I'd have a hard time making my car. We put a set of twenty eights on it. I'd need Get those twenty fives <laughs> off. <laughs> I think I need to some bigger even. Uh, so we'll have to talk about mm-hmm. that. I'm but, not sure about that. Well, no, because last year with the whole deal is we all could leave our delay boxes in because it was a four tenths pro tree. If you're running delay in a four tenths pro tree, you can't. I mean, you're autistic at that point. It's kind of like him. Uh, but Man. so everyone's zeroed out. But with a five tenths pro tree, yeah, it'd be definitely hard to let it go yeah, yeah. without a delay box in it. I know, especially with a 500. I know with like an NHRA, it's like 470 pro tree. Right. Right. So I mean, I I got like maybe five thou in it, and I, that was my buddy Tim that tucked me in that. I, I couldn't stand not having to lay in the box. And he goes, I don't understand what, what's so hard about this. Put it at zero and let it go. <laughs> okay, so I, I you know, listened to him, and it worked out. But with the 500s Pro Tree, you're definitely going to have to open it up to... Yeah, to have some, some sort of delay. delay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because these cars will, cars will leave. Because it it's like the same, same thing as what we were saying before, is what car that realistically goes 650 can hit a 4x Pro Tree? You know what I mean? Not many. No, I you could don't be. Got the smoke, you don't have the smoke for it. I could be twenties. With, but you're spraying to go five fifty or no, I'm motor. So. It'll go twenties. We just tie the front end down. That's why he's yeah. autistic. I told you. He carries about forty more delay in my car than I do. Yeah. I don't know how he sees it so fast, but same thing in the dragster. He's thirty five more than me. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. Last yeah. year, so with the throttle stop on my car, it slowed the sixty foot of about five hundred, mm-hmm. and then so the next time he got in, it was a new fuel pump, which slowed it up a ten. Yeah. So the sixty foot was back quite a bit, I believe. Last year, when he drove it, it was sixty foot, like a one twenty nine, yeah, one twenty eight range. It was fast, fast. I mean, he's got eleven hundred in the delay box. Mm-hmm. Eleven hundred. Huh? <laughs> it was unheard of. When I, the last time I ran a dragster, I had like eleven twenty in it yeah. to be. Like decent, you right? Know what I mean, I, I didn't get my feet wet enough in it to be any good in it. Yeah. But I had my opportunity in it. and I was at like eleven twenty, and he's at eleven hundred in my car. It's un- unreal. Yeah, I carry. Unbelievable. I'm eleven fifty two in the dragster. That's nuts. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, yeah, you're to set like, up like eight. 45. Yeah, I'm like twenty five. Yeah. Twenty five to thirty. So shifters as well would be manually shifted. Nope, you you're allowed to shift there. Oh, you are allowed. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I say like uh, no throttle stops is pretty much the rule. Yeah, okay, because that takes the quote unquote outlaw right, out of it. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean, so like with Phil's Camaro, it'd be easy. It'd be really easy to slow his car down to go six fifties. My Corvette would be a little bit more difficult, but I could probably eighty pounds. I could probably. <laughs> well, that's certainly one way to do it. Uh, I could probably with the Corvette. Um, 
use the air shifter and shift it, in, shift it into high, you yeah. know, basically yeah. a tenth out, yep. and that would probably get me close. And then, you know, then take some timing out of it and do some other things. That's and, another uh, switch yeah. I got to make. Yeah, what's it? Put my stuff on time, so I have that variable. Yeah, because I was I, I shift on RPM. Okay, it's not wired to shift on time, which yeah. I have the capability of doing. Mm -hmm. So, like for six forty, yep. when I came to get some of you, um, I, I was putting yeah, I think I was putting like two hundred and fifty pounds of weight in the car, mm -hmm. and it just did not like you'd like a bah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, my poor race car. But uh, no, yeah. That shift, that's how Tom Coonley does it yep. for the 650. Yep. He shifts it about, I think it's like 1.3 out yeah, for I his would, setup. Yeah, I would definitely have to shift early. Yep. But, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll give it a go. Uh, I'm I'm game as long as, yeah, I'll take the, I mean, I wouldn't take my box out. My box is my, you know, I run a K&R, so it's the same delay box and throttle stop. But I'd take the bottle out. And, uh, I mean, if you made me, I'd take the plate off. Uh, uh, but I would no. certainly. Uh, no. No, uh, no, nah, I'm sure it wouldn't. Absolutely not. You don't even need to take the bottle out. Just no, I'll, take the bottle. I'll take the bottle out. Uh, I don't want anybody uh, saying, oh, geez, you know, yeah. we heard the car make a move or whatever else. Be like, no bottle in it. Sorry. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would be interested, uh, I will say, I think you get a bunch of guys that would be interested in doing and yeah. running the 650 class. That'd be sure. fun. Uh, That'd be fun. For sure. I know Lancaster does that whole 7 flat deal, and they get a couple of cars. Well, they do it on, a, like, a Wednesday night, though. Yeah. 7 flat class. Uh, it's just Index class racing is cool. You know what I mean? It's, it's very cool, the index race. I like that there's a lot of guys that you see do it that don't understand it's just a bracket race. Right. Where we all dial the same, which is fun. Right, right. That's the ones we like to go against. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, at the end of the day, I anything that there is to race, if you're capable of racing, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Putting, okay. a, putting an alcohol carburetor on your car, Jason, is a piece of cake. Yeah. Seriously. For sure. Put it on, and there is no messing around with it. You go out and start making passes. That's all. It will literally just bolt on and go. It's your fuel system just keeping up with it. That's yeah. all. Yep. So you got a cell in the back, Jason? Cells in the back, correct. Aluminum? No, it's a plastic cell. Do you have foam in it? Yes. Where we're going to remove that. Yeah, pull the foam. Okay. That's it. I mean, literally. What size line forward? You know, that I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Minimum what? eight, Christopher? Yeah, you can run eight. I mean, you guys got it on the lift. You can take a look. Uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, take more. a look in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, when I redid it, I bring my carburetor in too. I used to run two. <laughs> I used to run two Holly black pumps, and then when I redid the car, when Pat and Randy redid the car, we put the new yes. cage in it. That was geez, ten years ago. Um, that I redid the fuel system. Then I rewired the whole car, and uh, and I just at that point, I like I said, I went from two Holly black pumps. To the one Magna Fuel, and I know I went up in fuel size, fuel line size. I don't know what size I went to. I think okay. it's uh, got to be ten, but uh, it's got to be an eight at least. It's at least eight. So if you, I got would a, be surprised if it's not ten. If you got an eight or a ten, pull the pull the um, foam out of the cell. Yep, and then pull the carburetor, and we'll steal whatever. Mine I'll do it tomorrow. Mine. There'll be no <laughs> foam in that. We'll, no we'll steal Ben's. Uh, Randy will get back from Florida with the headers back on. What the heck are you doing? Oh, boss, I was playing around. Um, put Ben's carburetor, whatever, mine, and regulator on it, fired up. I mean, is it pretty much what do you have to do to fire it? Adjust the valves and get the headers on it? and That is it. That's it. So before it leaves, we're going to run it on alcohol, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Before it leaves the shop, right? Don't believe me, when these two start talking like that, 
It's pretty much going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, no, the phone's coming out tomorrow. So it'd be it'd be worth a shot. I'm gonna Just to I'm see. gonna pull the foam out tomorrow to make sure this is a sealed deal. Because once the foam's gone, there's no reason not to do it. Right? I just replaced that foam. That cost me like seven dollars to put that new foam in. <laughs> well, we'll leave it in the passenger. <laughs> I was sitting in the car the other day. Oh yeah. Playing around, letting go of the transbrake. I was thinking, yeah, I drive it. I drive this car, yeah, for sure. How long? So how long has that car been in your guys' family, Jason? When did your dad? Uh, fifty-six years. Wow. Really? Wow. When did he? So, if you don't mind me asking, when did he buy that? Did he buy that brand new? Nineteen sixty-four. Oh my god. Really? Wow. That's no what bullshit. I thought, but I wasn't sure. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. And it's been a race car. So, I mean, like most, I guess we'll call it racers, if you will, or you know, especially him then with hot. Let's call it hot rodders, right? I mean, he bought the car in '64. It was a three twenty-seven single four-speed car, and you know, he basically let's call it, you know, drove around the street, raced it on the street, did that. Generally, you know, made it faster and faster. And then in 1970, so I was actually three three major things happened in 1970. I was born in 1970. Okay. Um, my dad started his business in 1970, and because of those two things, he decided to take the year off So okay. from racing. So he decided, all right, what we're going to do now is I'm going to make the car full-time into a race car. So 1970 was when it became a race car full-time. They must have invented the Sawzall that year. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been a race car ever since. And then, you know, I'm not really sure what year it was. If it was ni- I think it was... It's hard to say. The four-link that's in that car, if you look at the four-link in it, um, so the rear suspension on that car is basically the same rear suspension that's been in it since that car was built full-time into a race car. Wow. So the Dana that's in the that's back there, um, you'll see, like I said, if you look at the four-link, you'll see that the bottom bar um, you know, is non-adjustable. It's a fixed length, okay. um, really thick tube. Um, and... You know, my uncle worked on the Motown missile team, and those guys, the, the the engineers essentially at Chrysler were the ones that kind of came up with the idea for the four link and putting it in a drag car, and they did that. And then when my dad redid his car, and I'm thinking it was in 70. I don't think it was later on. I think it was one seventy when he did this. That was when they put the four link in my dad's car as well. Wow. Um, so I'm not saying that it, was the, it wasn't the first car to have a four link in it but certainly it was uh you know it was on the very cutting edge of rear suspension drag racing technology because it got done so soon that's but pretty cool it's been that way uh, like i said for the last 50 years so you got a ton of the original parts still too right oh yeah yeah i mean that was when my dad uh my dad generally took things off of it i mean again like a like a drag racer would i mean knew from the very beginning that you know weight is weight is a big big thing to going fast um, so he took things off. He saved everything. Um, Did he really? So the original powertrain's gone. I mean, again, like a hot rodder, he blew all that stuff up or turned around and sold it to get money to buy better stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you know, I got a basement full of parts, and I've never had the heart to sell any of that stuff just because my dad's whole deal was, uh, you know, if I ever sell the car, that's when the parts go with it. And uh, that's kind of how I'm at as well. And, you know, Dan Fletcher and I have talked about this because Dan is in a very similar situation to me with his his dad's Camaro um, that, you know, even today, I don't feel like uh, it's crazy. I'm not sure when this I, I knew at one point in time soon I will have actually, let's call it, owned the Corvette for a longer period of time than my dad did. 
Um, and that's really strange to me. Um, but I don't consider the Corvette to be my car. I'm just the caretaker of it, sure. right? It's my dad's Corvette that yeah. I just happen to be the... That is how Mr. Fletcher addresses the Superstock. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. We've yep. talked about that in the past, and yeah, he feels exactly the same way. And, uh, um, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting car. It's neat. That's to, cool. I... Uh, I know just uh, I sent Ben a text last night when we were talking about this and I just warned him about the uh, the, the, the stainless trim around the windows because we're replacing the windows in the car um, so yeah the uh, the replacement stainless trim it's so stupid just the stainless trim for the rear windows uh, from Eckler's for reproduction is $3,600 oh my god <laughs> He told me wow. not to pound on it. <laughs> I said you should have never said anything. <laughs> you know better than that. From wow. just from Ocklers, just for the rear window trim. Just for the rear window trim for reproduction. Rear window trim for a '63. It's unique to a '63. So there's there's a couple pieces of it that that on the outside are the same on the '63 and the '64, but those two pieces that go down the middle for the split window are unique to the '63. And because of that, you know, one off year makes it really really expensive. So those um, are original moldings. So all the moldings that are on the car right now are all original. Yes, and one of them got kinked. Um, which is why if you look at the rear windows, you'll see there's one piece of molding missing. And that was the, the molding that I brought, that Phil brought over, Phil Harden brought over to the shop the other day. That was one that I found out of Long Island. That was a new old stock that I found um, 10, well, geez, it was probably 15 years ago that I found that. Wow. And uh, so when I looked at, when I looked on Eckler's, uh, after I found the whole set for 3600 just that one piece now for a reproduction version from Eckler's, they want 550 bucks for yeah, he sent me a link the other night. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. Yeah. That's just ridiculous, you know. So that's a so he bought it in 64, so it was a leftover 63. So no, I believe it was actually I'm fairly certain it was used. Um so oh, okay. somebody had bought it in 63 or I don't know exactly when they were. I'm not a 63 Corvette. I mean, I know a bunch about them, but I'm certainly not the end-all, be-all expert with regards to 62. So I don't know when they were released. If they were released at the end of 62 or they didn't come out until the spring of 63, but somebody bought it. Um, and as soon as they came out with those, with that body style, my dad fell in love with them and wanted to have one and uh, basically said, all right, yeah, when I see one, uh, I'm going to go out and buy it. And it was uh, sitting on a lot, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was sitting on uh, a lot. It might have been Doyle, Chevy, and Kenmore. Um, he saw it and went and bought it for I don't know what it was thirty two hundred dollars or that's crazy isn't it? It is. <laughs> uh, which I mean at the time he was an eighteen year old kid um, I mean thirty two hundred dollars again uh, inflation adjusted I mean I'm sure it was all of at least twenty thousand dollars for an eighteen year old kid oh, yeah. it was a ton of money that's um, a lot of money yeah. Yeah, what what he paid for probably won't cover the rear window mold. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's that's kind of crazy, crazy from that standpoint. Yeah, uh, that's it's wild. It's huh? crazy. Yeah. Bought so you said you found one piece of molding. Mold. Yes. Used. It's it was new old new old stock, stock right? I know us. Yep. Yep. What did you pay for that, if you don't mind me asking? I want to say when I bought that. Now again, I bought it probably. I'm going to say 15 years ago. I probably bought it. I paid 300 bucks for it. Wow. Um, it's worth more than that now, for sure. Wow. Um, wow. 
and it's been sitting in the garage. I've wanted to put it on, and I I can't stand the way the car looks without it because of the fact that one side has it on and one side doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing how hard it was to find and how much I paid for it, <laughs> brought it to the pros. Right? I was not going to attempt to put this on myself. And all, this it's talk, like, all this talk, it might be sitting in the passenger seat when it comes home. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, <laughs> not we don't want to do it either. $3,800 molding. <laughs> so how do those moldings go on? You think I've done a 64 Corvette? They just uh, they just snap on. They just snap on. There's clips inside okay. there holding the windows on. So I think what happened was is when I had the car repainted and I had new windows made for it at the time. I think the driver's side window was made slightly too large, and then when we tried, when the guy that painted it tried to put the molding in, he was trying to force it in, couldn't get it in. There wasn't enough space, and he kinked it. Got gotcha. um, <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, when I got it back, he's like, oh, yeah, I kinked it. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like of all the ones you kinked, you had to kink the one that was unique to the 63. You couldn't have done any of the others because the others are all common to, from the 63 to 67. So really? it wouldn't have been a big deal um, or as big a deal. Um, but it's like, oh, God. you this had is to... great to know. I'll call it <laughs> sick this day. <laughs> so it was just the split window molding, basically. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So make it, uh, as long as you make the windows the right size, uh you won't have a problem, I think. That's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> I wondered, I never had a chance to ask you or Phil, but I wondered how long it had, if he bought it brand new or not, or close to. Close know. to brand new, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, That's very cool. Long time. There's uh, there's a couple of cars out there that are like that. Uh, you talk to guys that have you know, been racing the same car. Uh, um, oh, God, who's the guy with the uh, uh, Drago? Um, so, I mean, Jack. I, I think... Drago, Jack's older brother, still has his 55, I Doug? believe. Was it uh, Doug? Yeah. 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 Um, the wagon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that car... The wagon, or was that the 55? He had a Chevy know. 2 wagon, right? Is that Or was that Jack's? Oh, God. I get him that all was Jack's. I think that was that Jack's. Was Jack's. Yeah. So That's Doug gone. Had the wagon. So Doug had a 55 Chevy, right? Yeah. Two-door? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think he still has that car. Uh, Is he really? I, I think, think so. Yeah. I, I believe so. I have no idea. And, yeah, that's one of the, again, oldest drag racing cars out there. Uh, you know. Yeah. I remember, though, I mean, I remember all those cars when I was a kid growing up. You know, I mean, you're, I mean, I remember yours and your dad's, dad's, and then, I mean, um, the Fletcher's cars, yep. and then... Um, Jimmy Cowie. Jimmy Cowie, Frank Francis, yep. Dagnolos. Dagnolos. There's another one that's yep. been around. Yep. I mean, Sam's had that pretty much, I think, since brand new. Since brand new, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, all those cars, and you wonder where where they all went. You know? <laughs> There's a couple out there still, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's guys. it's cool. I mean, and I will say that you know I get it all the time too. I get people that come up to me and uh, say, "Geez, I remember watching this car out at." I mean, we raced primarily at Lancaster when uh, when my dad was still alive, and yeah, we would travel Empire and and uh, Cayuga as well. But uh, yeah, I get guys that come up to me all the time, and yeah, I remember seeing this car out at Lancaster, and uh, a lot of people don't know. I mean, because I haven't raced the car as much, and I've been driving Phil's car. Yes. A lot of people don't know that I still have it, and gotcha. uh, they're like, "Do you still have that car?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, uh, of all my worldly possessions, I mean, I will sell everything. That I mean, I don't, I don't really believe that I will ever say that I will sell that car. Uh, um, I mean, I think if I went bankrupt and had a place to live, needed a place to live, I think I'd sleep in that car before I would sell. Oh, it. I definitely uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that car uh, that car means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, 
And, yeah. you know, I've had people come up to me and ask me about buying it. And it's like, you know, it. I don't know at what number I would sell it. I know if my dad were still alive, if somebody came up and said, hey, we'll give you $200,000 for it, my dad would be like, heck yeah, I mean, and send it down the road. Um, but my dad's not here, and I... That's the reason the car still is. Right. Right. And, you know, for if someone offered me 50, I mean, for $50,000, no, not even close. For $100,000, I still don't think I would sell it. And now you're at the point as far as what the car is. Right. It's like, man, you'd be silly to spend $100,000 on that car because for what you could buy for build or build from a race car standpoint, you could build something way nicer. Um, so it wouldn't make sense to spend that. But for me, it would have to be life-changing money, really. Yeah, absolutely. To part with it. Because, absolutely. and yeah, I'm not saying that I'm rich, but... I remember yeah. you told me once, you don't know what you'd take for it, but you know what you've turned down. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 100000 would be, and, and again, my dad might think I was stupid. 100000 <laughs> would probably be, no, I'm not, not interested. Um, a million? Yeah, a million dollars. I would, you know, my dad would be like, what are you, dumb? <laughs> <laughs> right. He'd probably turn in his grave. Like you said, life-changing. Yeah. 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 And again, I mean, it would make no sense for somebody to buy the car to use it for what they were going to use for, as a drag car, though. Because if you're going to do that, if you're going to spend $100,000, let's call it, to, to buy that car, it's like you're better off to go to, you know, Bickle or, or Haas or something like that and have them build you a brand new race car. Right. Um, and that was kind of, I will say, to a certain extent always my long-term goal my long-term goal would to make the leave the car the way it is now make it into a, a pro street car um and then go build a purpose-built race car um but you know as a as a poor drag racer that's probably not going to happen um not unless i buy myself a cheap rear engine dragster and go do that <laughs> That's very cool. But it's fun. It's too fun to drive. And, uh, you know, my dad always, the Corvette guys hated him because I hated uh, seeing that car as a drag car cut up. And, you know, my dad's thing was, what would you want me to do with it? Uh, have as a paperweight sitting in the garage and, uh, you know, take my duster and dust it off. He goes, well, my I'm dad not. does that with his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got four little carpets for the, the tires. Yeah. It's yeah. got everything. It yeah. never moves. My, so. dad was, my dad was always a, hey, I'm out using my car and having fun with it. And, if you guys want to have a bunch of show cars with you know sitting in their you know air conditioned uh, garages and stuff that never go out, that's fine. But he goes that that wasn't what my dad was going to do. So that's cool. It's cool to see that. I mean, like you said yourself, you hear about so many people that have these gorgeous cars mm-hmm. that they're too scared to drive and they oh, yeah. sit in a garage. Yeah, um, it's cool that he used it. Right. I mean. It's crazy now to look back and think that he chopped up a perfectly good '63 split window car, but back then it didn't matter. And this is and this is the thing I tell people: people don't realize that at the time that he did it, it was a seven-year-old Corvette. Right. It didn't matter. So I mean, you do it right now with a 2013 Corvette. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe uh, <laughs> you know, 50 years from now, we'll look back and be like, "Oh my God, a 2013 Corvette! If you could have owned that, it's you like that's that you know the chassis car." What do you mean? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, a 17 that's getting it done. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, at the time, it was a seven-year-old Corvette. I'm not saying you know that still wasn't somewhat of a unique piece, being that it was a uh, you know the '63 to '67s were still pretty popular. But yeah, it wasn't as big of a deal as it was, you know, additional ten years after that, right. um, when people are like, "What are you doing? Why did you do this to this one-off year car?" But did he? Did you guys hear that a lot? I mean, did oh, you hear all the that time, a lot? All the time. Really? Yeah, still does all the time. Um, I'm going to tell him next time I see him. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the funny thing is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, the funny thing is that, you know, there's plenty of people. Um, so you, I don't know if you guys, if, Phil, you might know the name Paul Schneider. Sounds um, familiar. Paul Schneider used to be the announcer out at Niagara Dragway, and then he announced at Lancaster. Paul's dead now. Yeah. Um, Paul owned a 63 Corvette as well, and one of the things that a lot of guys did when the 64s came out, um, you know, 63 was neat from a styling standpoint, but a lot of people complained about it because you look in the mirror and all you see is a post. Um, so that was why they really got rid of that post in the rear and went to the solid back window in the 64 to 67. So a lot of guys, what they did when the 64s came out, hey, I can cut the post out of my car. Not only can I make it so that the I can see out of the back window, but now when you look at the model year of the vehicle too, the really the only two things you had to do was take the post off and there were some grills on the on the front hood. So take those grills off, cut the post out, put a 64 window in, put the 64 window trim in, and you're done. You got a 64 Corvette. So a lot of guys did that. Took oh a saw to their 63 Corvette. <laughs> so, you know, Paul Schneider was one of these guys that did that and my and Paul would, you know, be you know, making fun of my dad for something and my dad's thing, well, yeah, at least I know where I can find uh, you know, for your 63, I know I can go to the dumpster at the back of the shop and go get your post out of the back there and if I ever need it. Um, oh, and, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, how many guys uh, would do that? But, you know, again, same thing. It's like I'm sure people look at, uh, at you know, Dagnolo's car and why would you do that to this car? Uh, right. Didn't matter, right. It was, like you said, it was they were just another car at that right. point. And yeah, that and that particular car had a purpose, right? I mean, that car's been a race car, I believe, its entire life. I'm, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he drove that home and it ended up a race yeah, car. So yeah, it, pretty so much like Dan's. Dan's dad, yeah. right? Right. He picked it up off the lot, or I believe they bought it in Webster or whatever, yeah. and drove it home three and a half miles. Cut it. Yeah. Yeah. Now Dan's car, Dan's car certainly is a bit of a different animal because of the prominence that is behind the car with the number of victories yes. that it has yeah. um but yeah sam's car i mean that car would be worth way more money as an original camaro sure. um but not in my eyes that's a six that's a 67 right that is a 68 60. i think it's a 68 oh boy i want to say it's a seven I, the taillights. I have no idea again i'm not a camaro expert uh i thought it was a 67 but maybe it is a 68 Okay. I, I, but I thought it was a 67. But uh. I want to say it was, I don't know, there was something about that one again. It was a, I don't know if it was an RSSS car or if it was a DZ car, mm. but either one. I mean, yeah. they're crazy money now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but back then, yeah. it was another... Yeah, Camaro. Yeah, just another car. Even, right. even in, I mean, I will say the 70s. I mean, there's a lot of Camaros out there now still racing, obviously, the 67 yes. to 69 Camaros. Yes, there is. But in the 70s, it's like, man, they were a dime a dozen. Um, there were Which, so many of them out there at the drag I strip. I wish I could find um, those freaking things. And it's not 100 grand. <laughs> That's the problem. Oh, yeah. I mean... We, yeah, I, w- I would love to. I would love to do one as a race car. You know, find something that is just a shell, and do it that way. But even if you find that, you're paying oh dumb money, dumb money, dumb yeah. money. So the thing about Dan Fletcher's car is, Dan gave it its legacy. Right. I mean, his dad right. is the one that started it. That's right. But Dan finished it. That that car is ultimately priceless Mm -hmm. it's the i mean you're that's the winningest car in all of motorsports in the world right right 
does it get any better than that? I yeah, mean, I don't it's know. Phenomenal. I mean, the I, in Dan's case, the nice thing is that Thomas and and Timothy are both into drag racing, so I don't see that car ever yeah. leaving the Fletcher family. Well, At least as Hall far Fame, as I, the Hall of Fame has called him, and they have shot him unbelievable numbers. I can believe it. And he has said maybe when yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah, but I don't. See now, that so. Correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know better than I do, but weren't both those Dan? One was Dan's brand new, and one was Dan bought his when he was a senior in high school, I believe, or a junior in high school. Okay, and drove it to school. You know, just that average back in the day, the captain of the football team, quarterback, <laughs> driving the '69 Camaro to school and whatnot. And then the stalker. Yeah, that's the stalker. Yeah. Yep. And then eventually that Became that turned one. into a race. I don't know how long he drove it, but okay. he did drive it like to and from school. And whatnot before it was a race car. That's but cool. But his father's was drove directly to the garage and cut up. That's and that's crazy. Lieber's Nova I believe that's as well. Three and a half original miles. Yeah. Oh, Billy Chevy yeah. too. Billy Chevy too. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was his, that was his high school car. Um, I mean, it was the one that his dad drives. No, oh, no, no. He got the no. other one back. He got the other one back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, I I mean, it was dad. rough. I mean, it was rough, and uh, but yeah, that was his high school car, and. Uh, yeah, same same general thing. Uh, again, obviously, it's you know, the Novas. I mean, I, I like Novas. Um, it doesn't quite, I don't think, have the same collector value that the you know that the Camaros do. But uh, yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's neat to have have stuff like that. Uh, you know, for me, my kids aren't into racing, so I don't know what's going to happen to the Corvette when uh, I'm no longer here. Um, I guess I won't care much. Uh, what was that? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take the back post out of the window. Uh, you say that. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. First and then bury me in it? Your wife's going to sell it for exactly how much you've invested into it. 3800 <laughs> All those lies. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, exactly. No. Well, hey, uh, we've been doing this for two hours. Yeah, you need to wrap it up quick because we're out of space and we're going to use this whole show. All right, well, we don't want right. to do that. No, absolutely. So, well, cut. Cut. Oh, I'm not <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, we certainly, I mean, this is the nice thing, uh, about, you know, overall, but you have a couple of guys in that uh, you can have a good conversation with and the time just flies by. And I know we could do this uh, longer, but, uh, yeah, what we'll do is uh, we'll get the Corvette switched over to alcohol and then yes. uh, we'll... The foam's coming out tomorrow. We'll uh, do another one of these shows and we'll uh, as an update... Sh- have to do the show mobile then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get your work cut out for you. <laughs> can you go mobile? Yeah. We got satellites and everything? Uh, I don't use satellites. Oh, no, we're bringing satellites. You gotta turn your microphone back on. I've I been shut off for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chris falling asleep over there. Um, no, I've we've gone mobile from all over the place. We've been in Utah, we've been in Minnesota, Virginia. Oh, that's Florida. awesome. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're I'm going not, live. Forty six twenty five Westridge Road. Live to fire Jason's car off on all call. Yep. With <laughs> the new headers. First fire up. First fire yep, up. New headers. We'll even order. A, no, we got Wi Fi. We got Wi Fi at the shop. Come on, it's RJ Profit. Yeah, we can do that. Good. Good. Yeah, Jason, you ready Justin for that? All right. <laughs> all right. Justin, so all, all right. So well, we'll make a plan. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Sounds like we got some headers to tag together. All right. Whose well, car were we using? We'll, uh, we'll do it again next time, whenever next time might be. Is All right. The next time is, is we're going to be out someplace and 
Well, I won't say next time. Uh, two weeks from now, uh, well, in theory, is that going to be Christmas? Oh, Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. won't be. So we probably time. won't be doing a show Christmas Eve, but no. uh, and then we're not going to do a New Year's Eve. <coughs> uh, probably Plus. not. Like maybe we we'll have to go to Wednesdays uh, or something. <laughs> uh, right, well, we'll, we'll make a plan from there. All right, we'll figure something good. out. All right. all right, we'll see everybody next time. This has been the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. We'll see you right back here again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.